I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. Episode number 86. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His NB. This episode where we're talking all things Bravo TV, and we have so much to say and so much to get into. Uh, but before we do any of that, as we always do, there are a few housekeeping notes that we have to get out of the way first. Wherever you're listening to us, whether that's uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, there's a lot of different podcast platforms out there. But wherever you are listening to us, hop on over to our show page and give us a rating and a review. Uh, it helps us get into the algorithm so that we're heard by more lovely reality fans like you. And it also, uh, you know, lets us hear feedback from you as our fans. We want to know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and where we can improve. Yeah, and also uh, you can follow us on social media, all at a gay and his MB across social media platforms. That includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast and some of our instant thoughts about things that we're watching. If you want an extra dose of a gay and his MB, be sure to follow us all over there at a gay and his NB. Also, if you'd like to rep us out in the real world, we'd love to have you wear some of our merch. You can grab that over at agayandhisnb.threadless.com. There is all sorts of different designs on all sorts of different products. We've got uh, T-shirts. We've got hoodies. We've got blankets and throw pillows and mugs and stickers and magnets. Whatever your little heart desires I'm sure you can get it. And also, if you have any questions for us that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can be sure to submit that to us across the social media platforms that I mentioned or at a gay and at gmail.com. Uh, just leave your name, leave your question, and who knows, we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have on tap on this episode? We are going to be talking about Beverly Hills. Uh, we've got that uh, Diamonds and Champagne party. Uh, something goes on a date. It was Rides cute. her horse. <laughs> doesn't ride her date. Doesn't ride her date as she's details in the confessional. We'll get to it. Um, lovely episode of Beverly Hills. I actually really enjoyed this one. Uh, this one felt better than a lot of this season has, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, we also are going to talk about Miami, which is Par for the course, a great episode. Like, not may not be bearing out in the the live ratings, but like really because the live ratings just came out today, and it's like wow, guys! Like watch Miami it is good. Well, I mean, but they've been doing Miami dirty. Like they they moved it around for yeah. this uh, for the um, uh, this upcoming reunion. upcoming reunion with uh, Erica's bet it all on blonde special, which. <sighs> I get it, but also you can air that after Beverly Hills is done or on a different night. Like, move something else around. Like, we don't want... No, stop it. Um, stop doing Miami Dirty. You've been doing it for a long time. But before we get to any of that... Speaking of dirty. Talking about dirty. Let's talk about the dirty little mustache on the dirty little worm on Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules for this week. I mean, again, I was... It's It's... Merlin can attest it gets to the point with this current season of Vanderpump Rules where like five minutes will go by and I have to pause the episode because I am I'm not joking vibrating in rage yeah and and the after show as well where I just pause and go oh I fucking hate you oh I fucking hate you it's exhausting it's it's I mean he might I will say this I'm if he wants to take this as a prize Take it. He might be the biggest villain in reality, like at the very least right now. I don't know how 
people can stomach him. Honestly. I find him so contempt. I'm talking. We're talking about Sandoval, obviously. Um, like I find him so physically contemptible, like just in every fucking way. And like, and people are still writing his dick online. I don't get the it. way misogyny works. I'm sorry, and, and I'm sorry. That's what it is. I don't. Honestly. I don't understand how you look at this man and want to support him, want to be like his fucking champion. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Beyond the fact that of a thing that we will get to later, which we will have a very nuanced conversation about that you better take nuanced and not fucking read into um, because it's it's nuanced. It is. Sorry. I almost forgot what you were talking. You about, know what I'm talking I know about. What you're talking about now. Ooh, um, I hate that. he. I hate that because I hate that he's put us in this position. Right. Right. And he knows what. Mm, OK. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's, he's he's already vibrating. Yeah. We haven't even gotten into it, and this man is vibrating on the couch. I tweeted it like before, like because people the the people who actually are like have eyes and like understand things like context and like perspective and like you know yeah. don't just like take this narcissistic asshole's word for everything. Like why? When people are like, oh, he cheated. Like, it's been, like, however long. Like, can't we all move on? Can't we get over it? I'm like, yes, but can you not? Like, you, you, you're you, watching him, right? And you you don't realize that it's the other stuff, right? You don't realize that it's not just simply a man who cheated. It's right. a man who is just representative of everything wrong with men. Everything that is just, like. And it would be one thing if he just cheated and all. If all the things happened as they happened, right? But then once we got to the end of last season, it all just stopped. Yeah. If that was the end of the story, then I could understand that. I could understand that position of why are you still angry? Why are you still holding this? No, it's not. It's, but it's also not it this was happening beforehand too. Right. I'm sorry. This man has exhibited this for a while and we were blind to it in many regards. Right. Like go back and watch past seasons. Like I would it, it's you know, you can't look at his behavior this season and view it any differently than like when he was telling Katie, he was the one that put money into their household when he was, you know, the way he would speak to Stasi. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it's it's I hate this man. I I just like, okay, let's get into the episode (laughs) because I could rant for days. We could write a dissertation. So we're coming back in the episode after James leaves uh, and pees on Sandoval slash Ariana's bush uh, after Sandoval brings up the Chris and stuff and it's ridiculous. Sandoval goes up to Schwartz after James leaves and Schwartz is like, did it go well, dude? And Sandoval goes, no, dude. And (laughs) just dudes being dudes um also shorts yeah did you think it went well like so they're 40 like right but it's like you know like we'll get to shorts where it's like you know it didn't go well because you know who tom sandoval is like so also to act like you weren't there watching the whole thing right Sandoval and Schwartz sit down on the couch and Sandoval's like, he was like, you know, are you sorry for like the ultimate betrayal and i'm like the ultimate betrayal without skipping a beat Schwartz goes. You should have said yes. And Sandoval looks at him like, no, that's not the... Get on track, Schwartz. I'm the victim. 
But also, I don't remember James saying the ultimate betrayal. He, he did say it. He, he did? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, it, but, but like, still. Whatever like, about the phrasing, uh, it was a betrayal. I, like, he doesn't... <laughs> we'll get to it. He, is so, he thinks he did nothing to James by sleeping with Raquel. And it makes no sense even by his own logic. Because he goes... I mean, like, when you, you did the shit with Kristen, and immediately Schwartz goes, oh, no. Like, he knows that that wasn't the right thing to say. Samuel goes, listen to me for a second. He goes, James literally did the exact same thing Ugh. to me, only way worse. And that's my ex that he's fucking in my bed with my condoms. The dog, which I believe is Ariana's dog, which I would have, I would have boarded the dog or something. I would have yeah. not let the dog alone with them. Like, looks at Sandoval like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... Honestly. But also, let's break that down. He did the exact same thing to me, but way worse. No, it's not way worse because you and Kristen were already broken up first off. Well, I mean... I mean, so we're Raquel well, okay. and James. Well, yes, in that analogy. But also James, okay. But they was, were engaged. Yeah, and also James was not with somebody. <laughs> right. Like, that's, what, that's more what I mean. But, like, you also didn't have any emotional connection with Kristen. Like, you didn't like... Like, I think James had some element of still... I mean, yes, because he was going to marry the girl. Right. And, like, when he says, like, that was my ex... That was James's ex. What do you mean by that? I mean, Kristen has even come forward and said, not recently, this is like months ago, that her and, and Sandoval were only together to be on the show at the beginning. They literally had pretty much broken up before the show started. Right. But it was it was on and off and they were coming back. Like but and that and that the show was more of an incentive to you know. Right. Um, Swartz says, I thought there was hope for like a real productive conversation with you and James. And Sandoval goes, me too, man. As if like he didn't make it unproductive. I, uh, Sandoval is just so like, I don't get it. Like, uh. and then Swartz goes, just saying for like future conversations that like, that's not going to be the last time someone comes at you. You know, if you get upset every time, it's going to have a really negative impact on your life. And so look on Sandoval's face. It's just like, nothing's going through his ears. And it's like, that's my other frustration with the Swartz thing. He talks about like his amazing friendship with Sandoval and like, but is it a friendship? Is it mutual? No. Because every time before the affair, after the affair, all the, you give him advice and he never listens to you. Yeah. Not even tries to listen to you. Never does. Well, and what's frustrating is that Schwartz also doesn't take his own advice because right. if he had an ounce of the empathy he was asking Sandoval to have, then him and Katie wouldn't be in this position they were in. Yeah. it's it's Like, like it's just... But he knew the one person that, like, Sandoval could maybe get an inroad with was James because he's a man. And, that, yeah. and like, we'll get to it later where it's just, like, God, a woman having a boundary is, like, a suddenly, like, the biggest crime in the world, apparently. Yeah. Um, as So James and Allie have left the party, but they're going to emo night over at the Avalon to meet up with the girls and stuff like that before they go out for their set. So James and Allie come into their um, dressing room. James goes, I just left you know who, you know, his, who, you know whose fucking house. And I love Ariana goes, you went to my house, you mean. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, it's not his, I love the fact that Ariana, like, people can say that that's petty and that's, like, her being, like, you know, being a 
But it an would asshole. be weird for someone to leave my party at our house, right? Go see you somewhere and say, "Hey, I just left Merlin's house." That would be weird, right? But also, yes, I from a general standpoint. But also in this particular circumstance, Sandoval is trying to make the house his, right? And like that, Ariana has to continually state it is also my house, right? And so, like, it's a legal issue, right? James tells them about like Sandoval inviting him to the party and stuff like that. He thought it was like a manipulative maneuver to like do that. <laughs> Fuck. And like clockwork, I mean, like you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. Sheena in her confessional goes, it's interesting that James, who told people to throw tomatoes at him on stage, is the first person that's been unblocked and reached out to by Tom. The fact that I reached out to Tom and I'm still blocked, maybe my friendship never meant anything to him. Here's the one. Here, I will say this about, like, it's, it's again, Sheena making it about herself, which. It, honestly, it's. Does she know how not to? It's, it's a skill. Like, I am astounded every time she f- somehow finds a way to make things about herself. Yeah. it's just, I, We've been seeing it for 10 years. Oh, my God. Her and on, every time, I'm still, wow. Her on the after show, when they the whole discussion comes up later about Ariana being the queen or whatever, like, and Lala in the after show was just like, yeah, she has a right to be. Like, this is her year. You know, everyone has a year of being the queen. And Sheena's like... Yeah, I agree. Everyone has a year being the queen. I've never had that. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, Sheena. Like, <laughs> you're such a victim. Oh, but, like, also, like, but yeah. also, wasn't last season kind of your season to be the queen? Sort of. I would argue when Stassi left the first time, she had a season where she was kind of the queen. Like. Yeah, kind of. Where, like, Kristen and Katie really didn't have someone else to rally yeah. with. And so they kind of just went to. Sheena. Yeah. But so like that like interim, I guess. Yeah. Like uh but like yeah, it's I don't know. James then tells them that he brought up the stuff with Kristen from like ten years ago and they're like, Are you fucking serious? Like Ariana then says, He's become scary because he literally has no one around him that gives him honest feedback at this point anymore. And now it's people who he pays, which is so true. And, and we talked about it last week. Yeah. How there was nobody at that party that he didn't have a financial tie to in some way. Right. He doesn't have anybody to actually tell him the real shit and give him actual advice that's not what he wants to hear. And that we see, as Ariana is saying this, they keep flashing back to the party as Sandoval goes up to Kyle Chan and goes, like, Yeah. Yeah, he like fucked Kristen like in my bed like with my con and like it's like so disrespect and Kyle just has to be like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> they could not be less interested he's going and he's literally going all around this party saying this he g- tells this to Jason and Jason goes yeah he came in here like so hot no he fucking didn't it's honestly it's an echo of at the um on Beverly Hills when Anna Marie was going around for hours and talking about Sutton. Genuinely. Like, he's telling Billy Lee, he was, like, wiping his dick off with one of my fucking shirts when he had just had sex. And Billy Lee has, like, a shocked look on her face as if she hasn't heard this story for, right. like, multiple times. Like, I guarantee you. Like, fuck off, Sandoval. Like, it, but it's like he just wants someone to, like, he needs to be the center of attention. Yeah. And he needs to be the center, not just the center of attention, but, like, the center in everybody's world. Yeah. And so you have to be active as though you care about yeah. any of this. Yeah. 
it's it's disgusting. Yeah. So the ladies uh, take the stage at emo night, and they uh, it's like a DJ set, but there's like a pre-recorded set. And James is confessional because I would be caught dead before I press play on a pre-recorded set. As if, but again, like I'm not trying to be like DJing's not a skill, but it's like you press. Play I mean, a couple times I mean, it is, but like unless you're actually up there spinning records, yeah, you're not disc jockeying any more than they are. Yeah, it's like that's not like DJ stands for disc jockey. That means you are literally like jockeying, as in like mixing and moving and like bouncing between different discs or records or whatever. Yeah, you're not doing that either. You you have a line of MP3s that you mix. But also, but here's the thing. The ladies aren't acting like they are. I, I, would, I mean, you could argue Sheena. Like, we'll we'll get to something Sheena says that I was like, oh, okay, girl. But like, like it's just like they're having fun. They're like leading right. the group. Like, Katie's got like that giant smoke gun or whatever that like ha- that they have out. It looked and also like the place. Just the con- I'm sorry. Contrast this as much as they're not performing. Contrast this with any of Sandoval's concerts. Honestly, like, please for be for well, real. I mean, speaking of. At some point, what is it? Dur- was it during the it's, oh, after show? Yes. I. This is what I paced. I paced around the room when he said this and wanted to <laughs> chunk something. What he's, He makes some remark of they like all they're doing is running around the stage and like screaming out other people's lyrics. And he's laughing being like, isn't that sad? But that's, like, that's what you're doing. You're not singing original songs. Like, and you're, well, you're not singing any song. Let's be real. That vocal coach is not working. Getting his money worth because he is getting all that money paid to him and not doing a damn thing for it. No. Except show up to birthday parties, apparently. Yeah. Lala says her confessional. I still don't even know what emo music is. Like, what band is emo? Is it like Nickelback? (laughs) Oh, my God. Which I was like, oh, that the Nickelback shot is never great. But like, also, I think a, a lot of emo music. I don't, I don't have the like. I grab. I had friends in like high school that were into that music, but it was never my like. I was on the edges of it. Um, you know when you're like the gay kid in high school, but you so you gravitate to sort of like that section well, of like people. You, you graduate to the other outcasts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the outcasts are the alt kids, like whether they're queer kids or whether they're like um the kids that are into emo or they're the kids that are um nerds or like D fans or like people that sit off in a corner and read all those people are friends right all those people are friends and they're talking about you exactly because the popular people are not actually as popular as they think they are no we have the bigger friend group i promise you um, back at the party, Swartz goes up to Sandoval. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to head out. I'm going to go to emo night. And Sandoval goes, dude, what? You're leaving me? Oh, I'm just kidding, dude. I really appreciate you coming, man. I know it's a bad look. He keeps emphasizing, like, later this, like, I know, I know it's so, I know it's so bad that you guys are, like, wanting to even exist in my presence. So thank you so much for, you know, it's so performative don't forget i'm a wounded puppy it's like what and it's like but it's also guilt trippy like it's like well we'll we'll get to it later with the moment with lisa i think this is again it's part of a larger story he's trying to reframe 
all of this as if he's the aggrieved party. Yeah. As if he somehow was the one that is the victim in this. Well, because and to contrast it with Ariana, be like, well, she's got all her friends. She's everyone loves Ariana now. As if like that's because not, you're a piece of shit. As if that's not for a reason. Like you earned their disdain through <laughs> literally a decade of bullshit. Right. Um, Sheena gets up and performs good as gold with the 27s, which is somehow less cringy than any Sandoval performance. I don't know. How she Honestly, she's, she's very practiced at it. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she says in her confessional, I'm on cloud nine. I truly never wanted to be a pop star, which is such a lie. Like you were saying, like in the beginning of this show that you were going to be the next Britney Spears anyways. But then she goes, I wanted to go more of a Gwen Stefani Fergie route. Like have all my guys in the band with me. They're still pop stars. <laughs> Those yeah. are still pop stars. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but pop is just a—it's a, a non-genre. Yeah, right. Because all popular music is pop music, right? Whether it's country or rock or R and B or like all of these other things, that's all pop music. There is pop music. And then there is the general term classical music. Right. Those are the two categories. Pop stars are stars in any of those. Like a country star, that's a pop star. Sorry. Beyonce, she's a pop star. And also a country star. And also a country star now. Whether country radio stations want to believe it or not. That's too. We can't get into that. (laughs) Um, Schwartz arrives at emo night, but Sheena tells him that he missed her set or whatever. He goes like, really? Sheena goes... That's what you get when you choose Tom Sandoval over the group. You miss the fun, which like, yeah, it seems harsh, but it's like, yeah, it's true. Um, we go back to the party and Billy Lee has Sandoval blow out the candles in his cake. And it's just like, really like, uh, Billy Lee is willing to be front and center in every camera shot, by the way. I'm sorry. She wants back on the show. Clearly. Um, he goes, uh, in his confessional, I can't begin to express how truly grateful I am for all the people that have stuck around. These people have put up with so much hate because of the things that I did. Billy had transphobic remarks. Jason got threats. Being my friends means a lot to me more than anything. And then he fake chokes up in the confessional. And I, I can't believe he hasn't learned this yet. Fake wipes away. He does like this, just a swipe of his face. Like there's no tear there. Yeah. At least that one guy on the, what was that reality show where he used the eye drops? Oh, love is blind. At it's, least he had the, had the audacity to pull out a thing of Visine. I will and use say that. if Bravo runs this redemption arc, like at least do some production tricks to make it look better. Like Honestly. genuinely the way that I tweeted about it, the way that on watch what happens live, Andy was so shocked by the poll question answers when people uh, were like yeah Schwartz shouldn't be Sandoval's friend anymore he's like really that's harsh is it is it Andrew it's not actually because like look Schwartz is his own problem but Sandoval has led him down a lot of really shitty paths that has made him 10 times worse of a human than he would have been on his own yeah Okay, so let's go back to what Sandoval actually just said in this confessional because that was also a metric fuck ton of bullshit. Right. Here's so, a- number one, nobody knows who the fuck this Jason fucker is. I don't believe he got threats. He got, he probably got told 
you know, if you hang around Sandoval anymore, we're not going to be friends with you anymore. Right. That's apparently a threat. Um, and I, I guarantee you that he got that from somebody. But I, I don't – nobody knows who he is, so nobody sent him threats. None of the fans did. That, right. that wasn't happening. The only possible way is if somebody, like, was a protester who, like, went to his concert, right? That's the only realm in which that makes any sense. He didn't get sent, like, threats. Right. No one knew this guy. The The second thing is – Billy Lee was already getting transphobic bullshit. And should never get transphobic shit. And I Absolutely saw, should not. And I saw some responses even in like pro-Ariana stuff using incorrect pronouns, and that is wrong. Don't stop doing that. You're not good for doing that. Like it's Right. Just because someone is an awful human does not mean that you're allowed to be bigots against them. Yeah, but let's let's also he also presents it as like and he does it later with that Jesse guy at Sir. But it's like he presents it as like anyone like people couldn't even like be in a photo with me or like, you know, be anywhere like even like a like a comment of mine or like whatever. And they would be vilified. That leaves out the fact that Billy Lee, while she should not have gotten transphobic remarks or death threats or or any of that, like, don't get me wrong. That leaves out the fact that Billy Lee was incredibly proactive in being front-facing and defending Sandoval. Right. You don't get to be... You you realize that what a defense is, I believe, right? I believe she even said, like, almost verbatim. I, I It's not, not verbatim, but I'm pretty sure she even said in, like, a comment at one point, he's a victim, too, in this. You, like... Number one, that's a wild comment. Yeah. Number two, like, people know what a defense is, right? Like... Let's let's talk about like a shield for a warrior or like a, a a wall of a castle. Yeah, it's to take the hits. Right. So if you're gonna be someone who is defending someone, you have to be willing to take the hits. Right. Those hits should not be transphobic. They should not be homophobic. They should not be misogynistic. And shouldn't be threatening. And they shouldn't be threatening. However, there are going to be hits. Yeah. If you're going to be the defense, you have to take the hits. If you're going to be devil's advocate, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so stupid. So he's talking to uh, Billy Lee by, like, the fridge or whatever. And Sandoval then says, I mean, it does hurt my feelings, though, that Raquel, like, didn't text me today. And uh, Billy Lee goes, she didn't? I feel like she abandoned you. I've seen you suffer from this breakup with Ariana, but I've also seen you suffer with Raquel because it's all the women's fault. Yeah. We'll be at a comedy show together and you're running out the, to your the uh, back to answer the phone for her. You're at her beck and call. Now, okay. So, I will say that Billy Lee is better at these scenes than, than Schwartz was. <laughs> yeah. She does better acting. Probably. Um, and then Sandoval goes, up until a few weeks ago, I was talking to Raquel once every couple of days, and I thought because it was my birthday, she would try to reach out to me, but nothing. So they're t- here's my issue. They're trying to, and I don't, God forbid I'm defending Raquel and going to be like Team Raquel, but honestly, at this point, I'll be Team Ariana and Team Raquel. If it's, if it's, if it's whoever gets Tom Sandoval, I'm with whoever. Right. Because <laughs> here's the thing. So he's now going to clearly run with this narrative 
that like Raquel has now cut him off and left him in this vulnerable place where now not only is he vilified, et cetera, but now his love of his life that he, you know, loves with all of his being won't even speak to him anymore and like just completely cut him off and abandon him. Like Billy Lee says she abandoned you, which by the way, she's in a mental health facility at this point. Right. She abandoned him to, for her emotional and physical well-being. Right. Now, what they are leaving out and what I hope gets brought up at the reunion, and I hope to God, even though it's a Bethany-produced podcast, right, it's within that Bethany-like thing, I hope to God the stuff that Rachel is bringing up on our podcast comes into play at the reunion. I really hope they mention it. I hope. Because it deserves to be mentioned. I hope she shows up at the reunion. I don't, I don't know if she will. Even if it's just a sit down with Andy. Or something. But her, her, or her on Watch What Happens Live, maybe. But her perspective on this needs to be noted. Because there's a reason she's cut off Sandoval at this point, according yeah. to her. She claimed on her, like literally this past week on her podcast, she had a guest on who uh, is a therapist who was like an expert in love bombing. I didn't listen to the whole podcast, but I listened to extended clips. For those who don't know, love bombing is the beginning stages of a relationship with a narcissist where they overload you um, with love and attention and doting so that when they take that away, you are then clamoring to get it back from them. Right. She claims that while she was in the facility, at a certain point that Sandoval sent a care package in. And the care package contained three things. It contained a lamp that was one of those lamps where there are two matching lamps that are Bluetooth connected. So if one person changes the color on the lamp, it changes the color on the other so they can communicate. Gross. Second, even grosser, he sent her a copy of People magazine that had them on the cover of it in one of the like small squares, uh-huh. which tells you where his mindset is on things. Right. And three, she sent him a letter. She's she detailed. He sent, he sent her. He a letter. sent her a letter. She says that the letter was so insensitive to her in terms of what she had been doing at the facility. She claims that the letter basically said that he he said that he never had seen her more dependent on anything in her life than at this facility. And the letter basically encouraged her that she needed to leave the facility before her treatment was done, come back to LA and be with him. And she then had a conversation with him where she expressed to him that she doesn't feel comfortable doing that. She doesn't, she goes as far as best to say, I don't trust myself right now not being in this facility basically saying that she would self-harm um keep that in mind for later keep that in the back of your head and he basically according to her she basically he basically said i don't th- i don't care i don't think this you should be at this facility come and be with me and she apparently told this to her therapist and her therapist told her to cut off all communication with him right because he's a narcissist yes and he was spiraling because the subject of his narcissism was taken away. And I would like to also add, I want to see how this plays off in the show. I would like to also add, keep in mind the timeline of this. So this happens in July. Like this birthday party's in July. His birthday's somewhere in July, right? Mm-hmm. So he, this whole package thing had to have happened right before that when, he cut off, when she cut off communication. Around September, she... Comes back onto Instagram, right? She's mm-hmm. out of the facility. She changes her name to Rachel 
etc. She posts on Instagram that she's, you know, back and she's trying to better herself and all that. And that it's a journey and, and all that stuff. She then makes a post on her Instagram during on her birthday that she was at some like far, like, like a farm or something like that for some like, you know, to celebrate her birthday. If you remember Sandoval then publicly comments on that post because he has no way of contacting her because she's blocked him. Publicly comments on that post something about like, hey, friend, miss you. Hope you're doing well, blah, 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 for everyone to see, right? Mm-hmm. Performatively out in the world. And then Raquel responded by sharing on her Instagram story that she blocked him on Instagram, which showed it to the world. I remember this when it happened. What was Sand- What did Sandoval do immediately after that when he was asked about it in interviews, like days later? I don't know. I thought it was pretty thirsty of her to do that. I thought, you know, I think she's trying to, you know, find a way where she isn't culpable. You know, we both, like, he then sells her out. Right. Classic fucking narcissist. Yeah. This is the shit we're talking about, and this is for the people online. This Nothing on this season is in a bubble. Nothing. Nothing on this season is without context. Yeah. So this whole she abandoned me shit turns my fucking stomach. I don't buy it. I don't buy that he actually loves her. I don't. He's using her as manipulative ploy. I think he knows at this point she's not coming back onto the show. Yeah. So he needs to find a way to be a victim. And his victim narrative is, well, she's not talking to me anymore. So, and you know, she, you know I kind of feel alone right now. I feel like I don't have anybody. Fuck off. I'm sick of it. Yeah. It's disgusting. Um, disgusting. Disgusting. Um, yeah. We then go to the next morning. Um, Katie arrives at Ariana's house and Sandoval's not there. He's out or whatever. And Anne is cleaning up from the party from the night before. Cause you, you again, like I'll get so yeah, you'll get Anne to clean it. Like you're not cleaning the house. <laughs> Katie goes, I mean, like last time I was here, there was like two Toms and we see a flashback to the day before and Schwartz and Sandoval are talking in the kitchen and Katie walks in and just tries not to make eye contact with them and not them to not see her and runs up the stairs it's the most hilarious thing i think i've seen in a while which i get it like uh-huh i'd, I'd run from them too katie uh says it looks relatively clean and ariana goes yeah it looks that way because ann's been cleaning and then katie goes and do you get paid extra to clean up the me- a mess like this and ann goes i wish yeah, I love Anne's just like cutting up with them, being like, "Yeah, this is bullshit." Because she knows by the time this is coming out, she's gonna she's gonna quit. Yeah, um, Ariana had people come to the house to give her and Katie vitamin IVs because they're recovering from the um, emo night the night before, um, and they're talking about stuff. And Katie says that she's going to dinner later with Sheena and talks about how things are better with her and Sheena, and they're sort of like finding a friendship at this point and and all that. Ariana goes, I feel like she still has this like soft spot for Schwartz, but I don't think he needs to be like invited to things because she invited him to emo night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katie is worried about Sheena flip-flopping because that is Sheena, yeah. Sheena's trend. And she, yeah. but here's the thing. Sheena's even said like, that's been my trend. I'm trying not, she says, we're going to see a new Sheena. We'll see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> 
Um, Ariana goes, I think because people can get her to feel for them because there's people besides Tom Schwartz that will use her for that very thing. And I think that's very true. Like, I mean, at the reunion, like I think Sandoval, at least in the early going knew that if she was, he was going to flip anyone, it was going to be Sheena. Yeah. Because, you know, he could play to her heartstrings. And once, once he stood firm, that is when he like cemented the whole, like, she's not my friend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. Um, so Lisa is at pump, uh, and she's having it cleaned out, obviously, because, you know, the, the closing already happened. I'll take a set of those chairs, Lisa, if you're They're looking They're pretty chairs. Them. Those are nice looking chairs. I mean, I honestly, she could sell, I mean, if she's not going to repurpose it, she can sell a lot of that stuff at some, like. Don't th- offer to buy them. I just want you to send them to me. Or that as well. DM but, us. We'll, we'll send you the address. But it's good quality shit. So, yeah. Um, so she's, and she's calling Ken being like, you know, I feel, I wonder if I regret this decision or whatever. And she, he's like, well, you can change your mind. She's like, well, only if they raise the rent. So like, that's not happening. I actually, there were, cause people were like the, the owner is like disputing the rent stuff or whatever. I actually kind of believe Lisa cause I don't believe landlords like typically yeah, fuck landlords, but also like, why would she give up pump? Yeah, Pump is still was still I w- I would argue fairly successful. Yeah, it's not like people aren't going to Pump. Like, come on. Yeah. So then Sandoval arrives, comes in with flowers in hand. Again, literally, there is not a scene. Find me a scene this season where he has an introduction to somebody where he doesn't bring a gift. I am honestly, I'm interested. Other, think, other than th- having to look at more Sandoval, I'd be interested to go back through past seasons and see when he's not got a gift in hand. Sure. But he does it a lot, like in a past lot. seasons. Like that's his way in which to like communicate. But, like, and he's used that as proof that he's a good guy in the past. Right. Like is, I did this nice thing for you, so I can't be that bad. Yeah. It's so fr- I love when he walks in and Lisa just goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then hangs up with Ken. And this was so awkward in the beginning. Sandoval, multiple times this episode, seems like an alien that's, like, learning human language. Like, like and how to interact as a human. Because he goes, good to see you. And he's, like, standing on over top of her just, like, looking down. And too close. And Lisa's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he goes... Brought you some flowers. I know it's like bringing sand to the beach with you. And like normal human joke. Like, <laughs> and Lisa goes, well, this ain't no beach. <laughs> um, she says hi to him. She goes, how's, how have you been? And he goes, all right. I mean, I'm a little beat up since I, my time in New Zealand. He keeps, he always brings up New Zealand as if he, he clearly wants that to be a like, oh, really New Zealand? And be, and be like, yeah, I got beat up and punched in the face. And like, it was like penance, like penance through pain. He wants to like, yeah. like, and no one's, no one cares. Yeah. Nobody gives a flying fuck. I wonder if he was standing that close to her in order. Like, do you think it was supposed to be subliminally intimidating? Did he think that he was going to intimidate LVP? I think at a certain point in this conversation, he thinks that. And I thought he was talking to LVP way fucking crazy at a certain point. Yeah. Like, in a way that it's like, she would never accept. Yeah. From literally anybody else. And I don't care what he says at the end of this conversation. She would never accept being talked to like that. Thank Sandoval should thank God in heaven that Ken was not there. Oh, he would have beat his ass. And remember when James like yelled at Lisa once and he was like, I'll knock your spark out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Ken is so great. I love Ken. Yeah. 
Lisa goes, have you seen anyone since you got back? And Sandoval goes, I mean, I've seen Ariana, but like we haven't talked. And Lisa goes, well, that ship has sailed. I have no idea why you two are in the same house. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, oh, great. But then Lisa goes, I think it'd be the gentlemanly thing to do for you to move out of there, give her the space, and then sell the house. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. Finally. And that's why he's not going to do it. And then he, but then he goes, or one of us can keep it because it's a great house. Or one of us can keep it. It's not like. I love that he's leaving the option that he could be the one to keep it. But like, I love how he's acting like if you sell it to someone else, then it's like throwing it in the trash. Right. It's like throwing out a perfectly good piece of furniture. No, it's like somebody else would live there with their family. Yeah, I'm just after they heavily sage that thing because holy shit. Yeah, I'm just saying he keeps because he's like I put a lot of work into the, and money into it. What, I'm what did he put into the house besides like he had like find like assets of like furniture and like you know stuff like that like the workout stuff but like that stuff you can take and leave. What what other stuff like what like to the in- in, actual foundation and interior in of the fact, house? Didn't you take money out of the house? Yeah. Didn't you do a second mortgage or something? It makes no sense. He or goes, take out principal or I don't know. There was like a something you did for for Shorts and Sandys. Yeah, he goes. I've had my real estate agent talk to Ariana. I sent her a letter of intent over a month ago. It's been radio silence. The letter of intent is to what? To buy her out, though, right? Right. Which, again, no. Yeah, fuck you. Missing the point. Lisa goes, so where's the way forward in this? And Sandoval goes, I don't know. Lisa goes, you've got to. And he goes, listen, Lisa, I'm trying to figure this out. This is a lot for me. And Lisa goes, well, you created it. Yeah. Like, he goes, I created it, but it's still a lot, Lisa. He goes, my friend Ali died. I have Sheena hitting me up, telling me if I need anything, reach out to her. I'm so sorry. And then he, like, Lisa's trying to get in and he just keeps talking over her. I, I love how he was acting like Sheena reaching out and being a friend despite him being shitty was another pressure on his plate somehow. Right. But here's the thing, like. He, cause it, but there's no connection to what he's saying, right? It's not a pressure on his plate. He is saying, like, he is getting confronted about the house stuff, right? Which he has no moral ground to stand on. And right. Lisa's not letting up on that. So then he just gets louder and angrier and then transitions the conversation to stuff that has nothing to do with what they're talking about. Right. And that's his MO. Yeah. She goes, meanwhile, that same day, she's releasing things starting rumors about me and Billy didn't start the rumors. She talked about rumors that were already out there that have been around for a while. Yeah. Whatever about Sheena's podcast. I don't particularly care. I don't think he has a place to stand on. He goes, you know what, Sheena, I need you to take a day off from dragging my name through the dirt. It really, again, what does that have to do with selling the house? Sure. He goes, it's really kick Tom while he's down. Let's kick Raquel while she's down. Let's have this guy on my, on my podcast talking about explicitly sexual things. And Lisa goes, what do you mean? He goes, this guy, Nima, who Raquel dated for a brief time, like, Sheena had him on, like, talking about, like, like, sexual things, like, 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 so fucked up. He doesn't, like, in this conversation, he's like, it's like he's trying to figure out what the sexual thing is. 
Like I like I he, haven't listened to it, so I don't know. He says it was basically like you know he like Raquel was very much like yeah I want to have sex in Sheena's bed or what like I he he does say that like Raquel was very flirty with him and like was like coming on to him at Coachella and stuff and this guy Nima's from Shaws of Sunset and right so like but if I'm if my memory serves me correctly multiple Bravo people in like the summer house realm that like the people mm-hmm. that are interacting the most with like the Vanderpump people multiple of those people can attest to that that Raquel was in a period where she was very flirty and flirtatious with people as well she should have been right she had she just left James of, she was out of a long-term relationship you know, she was single. She was just playing the field. She should have been flirty. Right. And there was a time where, I'm sorry, after the whole affair, you have questions about, like, I mean, she, there was questions about whether the stuff with Brock happened. And there were, like, so I don't think, like, talking about it is that out there to me. It's really not. And also, I don't think, I, not, I'm sorry, I don't think Raquel has a place to stand on at that point. Right. She was having conversations with Ariana about her sex life on camera right. when, he was, when she was fucking Sandoval. I, like, yep. Sandoval goes, I felt so bad for her. I was on the phone with her for quite a while. I was so grossed out. Sheena brings up a great point in the after show and goes, I don't even understand how she found out about what Nima said on that podcast because last I checked, she was in a facility where she had no access to her phone or so limited access to her phone and no access to social media. Like that, like there's no, she wouldn't have access to the very least to social media when the whole point is like this whole scandal and like the effect that it has on her, they would cut off access to her social media. So how did she find out that Nima made those comments on the podcast? Uh huh. If I could guess, if I could theorize, just my theory. That it was in the letter. That it was in the letter. Well, that it came, wherever it was, it came from Tom. Yeah. Remember back to, remember that scene last season where Sandoval Schwartz and Lisa are at Sir and Raquel is waitressing and he pulls her over at one point to tell her that Katie called her like a whore or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Lisa had to literally be like, why would you say that to her right, right now? Like, that's like. And he's like, I didn't realize she would take it so hardly. Mm-hmm. He, this, again, it's, a cla- again, sorry, classic narcissist tendency. Yep. You know, he goes, this mom mentality, I was always against it. Bitch, where? Like, you act like you were, but, like, you were leading the mob against, it's just, you were leading against the mob against people that you were claiming were leading a mob against others. Right. You were leading against Katie. You were leading against Stassi. You were leading against Kristen. All these other people. Oh, women. Women. Hmm. I, I don't remember him leading a mob against Schwartz or against Jax, even. Even yeah. when Jax deserved it. Never did. Right. Lisa goes, then why don't you say you're sorry? And Sandoval goes, because they'll say, oh, you don't mean it. That's what they always say. I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. I just want to move on. You're actually not damned if you don't, by the way. But if you, you, the, the whole damn way you don't implies that you take account of the fact that you're not going to build these relationships back. Well, that's the- being damned if you, that's being, that's the don't. But the the thing is, is that even if damned if you do, damned if you don't, was the truth, right? Right. He still chose the most destructive path. Right. He said, instead of go, well, this is going to have the same outcome either way, I might as well be able to live with myself and do the right thing. Yeah. 
Instead, he said, fuck everybody. I'm going to fuck everyone's life up. Yeah. So at that point, you've made your decision. And you're the problem. Yeah. Lisa goes, do you want to move on with all these people? And Sandoval literally winces and goes, it's just, God, Lisa, he sounds like a toddler. Like He, he, he does. He goes, Lisa goes, stop being so angry. And Sandoval goes, because you're attacking me. It's it's so indicative of like what Ariana has been talking about this whole time. Like they didn't grow apart. She grew and he didn't. Right. And that's why they didn't work together anymore. Right. Because she grew the fuck up and he is still a child. Yeah. But that that's like him saying that like that in that moment too is also like he can get away with it with Schwartz where if Schwartz like pushes him on anything he can just be like dude like my feelings or whatever and like schwartz sorry i'm sorry dude my feelings or whatever yeah and like he relents lisa doesn't relent because lisa is in an authority position and here he's like he feels like it's an attack because he she is questioning the shit that he's saying that's what he views as an attack it's so fucking stupid. Lisa goes, I'm not attacking you. Sandoval goes, this is my life. I'm not living my rock star dreams. I'm literally grueling. It's grueling fucking work. Lisa goes, have some remorse. And Sandoval, Sandoval literally goes, I am. Uh, like, <laughs> embarrassing. I hate this man so much. But Lisa is trying to be like, just have some remorse. She's getting so frustrated with him. Just yeah. like, just have some fucking remorse. He goes, if I say I'm sorry, it's crocodile tears. I battled with fucking suicide. And then Lisa like stops in her tracks and goes, no, 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 no. And Sandoval goes, don't tell me what I felt. Yelling at her. And okay, this is where we're going to get to the part where I have to issue a massive disclaimer. Because this is, again, a nuanced topic. One. San, I do not wish Sandoval to cause harm to himself. First off. Uh, like, literally no one deserves to be in that place. No one deserves to be in that place. Um, no one deserves to uh, be told that they should take themselves to that place. 1,000%. That is an entirely wrong thing to do. And anyone who is... At, I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to give myself the best words. Anyone who is in that place should do everything that they can to get resources, get help to get out of that place. 1000%. That, and that place is very real and it is dangerous and it is um, a thing that should be taken seriously. And Lisa does. I understand Lisa's instinct to take it seriously. Cause that's how she lost her brother. That's how she lost her brother. And Sandoval knows that's how she lost her brother. We can also not ignore the very real statistic and the very real tendency of narcissists, particularly narcissistic boyfriends and husbands, and their tendencies to use the threat of self-harm as a manipulation tactic. Yep. It is a very common thing. Yep. Incredibly common. And that is what I keep in mind in this. I'm not going to say that he didn't have those thoughts. I will. <laughs> fuck him. Like, honestly, fuck him. I don't believe it. 
Like, I because what he says is what put him there, right? Right. He, what he says is that pushes pushed him there was the fucking cake with um, Sandoval's a liar written Sweet on Lady it. Sweet Lady Jane's cake. He doesn't say it in the episode. He says it on the Lick Vile podcast. Right. He says ago. that that's what pushed him to that place. But just last week, when uh, Schwartz walked into his birthday party, he joked about Schwartz bringing him that cake. So is it a joke or is it something that pushed you to the point of self-harm? And here's the other thing that I, I think should be in mind. I commend Raquel for not coming back to this show. Yeah. Because she recognized that it would not be good for her mental health. And she was worried that something could happen to her and, and she could do something to herself that she could never take back. And that is very commendable of her to take the time to go into a mental health facility. I also think the response to Sandoval saying, and, and he, and Schwartz is saying that other people in his life knew this as well. So that's why I'm going to, whatever, give him that. But if that's the case, the response should not be for him to continue on a reality television program. Right. The response is for him to get help. Mm hmm. Well, and the fact that it's like, okay, so if you were to acknowledge that that is the case for you, then why were you fighting so hard to get on Winter House and you were upset that you didn't get on Winter House? And then you went and toured all over the place um, for no money, but you claimed that you had to do that because Ariana wasn't paying her part, um, but whatever. Um and then you went to New Zealand to get yelled at by special forces people, whatever. Um, I guess you had fun. And then you came back to, so you spent none of your time in the interim seeking help. Yeah. You spent none I, of your time. And that's not mm. to say that there aren't people who are suffering from suicidal ideation that don't seek help. Right. But but the way he describes it, I'm pretty sure he should seek help. And to my knowledge, if anyone can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think he is in therapy or has been in therapy. Nope. He seems to just be figuring it out on his own. On his Tom, Everyone Loves Tom podcast and, you know, on his tours with his band. And, like... Also, famously, people <clears throat> that are suicidal don't go run around and tell everyone in the world that they're suicidal and then weaponize that to make themselves the victims. Yes. That's not because if you're suicidal, it's usually because you have a really low self-worth and it's usually, this is what I deserve. And you're not using that as evidence of why everyone should treat you better. Right. I go back to say that I, I think we cannot underestimate the real cases of men who use the threat of this against people um, for manipulative purposes. It does exist. It's a real thing. And I also would add, I think he needs to stop being so fast and loose, by the way, with talking about other people's mental health. Right. Because he's very fast and loose to, and Ariana denies it, but the way that he said that she threatened to commit suicide last year, she denies it. But he was very fast and loose to talk about that, which was none of his business. He had no consent to say that. He had no consent to say in this episode that he had to pull Rachel back from the brink because of the Nema stuff. You don't have that person's consent to say that. You don't. 
Yeah. So with all those factors, it makes me weary hearing him say this because of how fast and loose he plays with mental health generally and in arguments and weaponizes it act like like say what you will but he actively went into this conversation steered the conversation towards this topic so that he could get lisa onto his side yeah and then you see an immediate shift in her Right. right. Like you she said. immediately starts saying they've gone too hard on you. They really need to back down like all of those things. And if that was the case, right, if people had actually pushed that him to that to that brink, I would agree that people needed to show up for him. Ariana has no business being involved with that and right. sh- like should not feel pressured to be involved with that. And, and if but that- I believe that people like Schwartz and uh, Sheena that are actually like. I, if I, that is actually the case, then they need to get him into a program right. and get him taken care of. Right. But I also think there is there is a preview clip for next episode, so I don't want to dive too much into it. But there is a thing that Lisa says to them in in that vein, right? Right. And I also think it is just as um, not okay to tell a person who has been disrespected by a person who has been maligned by a person who's been treated like shit by another person that you then must be friends with that person that treated you like shit. You must care for them. You must um, be there for them, etc. or else they might harm themselves. I think that is a very toxic thing to yeah. put on someone. Absolutely. But I also understand why if Lisa believes him, why she is moved to do that. I get it from Lisa's perspective. Because it's, it's, she's too close to that issue. Yeah. You know? So I get why she's scared now. Yeah. But I also don't get why she continues to buy his bullshit. There needs to be a middle ground. So it's really obvious. Because he, because he has to, she says something like you have to, you know, lead if you want to repair things with, you know, sensitivity and contrition. And he, he's like, tell me, she literally says, tell me right now that you understand. He goes, I understand that. He doesn't understand that. No. And like, you have to hold those two things into account, Lisa. You have to have, you can have the respect, you can have the care. Right. While also never giving him the pass to not better himself and not right. treat other people with respect. Because at this point, actually, take it back that it should be on Schwartz and Sheena if they're going to be close to him to do those things, right? It should have been Lisa. Sure. If Lisa was really concerned about him, she should have said, look. We're stopping production. We're stopping production. Let's get you checked in somewhere. I'm just, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't care if you can't afford it. I will pay to put you in somewhere where they can keep an eye on you and get you the help you need. If that is real, then let's get you help. That should have been what Lisa did. Instead of going around to all of these people that he has hurt and said, you have to now ignore all of that and be his friend again, because otherwise he will kill himself. Yeah. It's not okay. It's not. Get him the help so that, number one, he's safe, and number two, getting to a place where he can then apologize, if that is real. Yeah. Because that's where they would get him. 
to that place. Yeah. But it's not real. So stop it. Yeah. Let's move on. Those are my, those are our thoughts. Like, like we said before, it is a very nuanced thing. I am very sensitive to people with this issue. So I have been there twice myself. Right. So I get it. That man is full of shit. Yeah. And, but you've also been, and I, I think I'm okay to say this because I think you've mentioned it on the podcast before. You've also been with a very verbally abusive partner. Yeah. In the past. And so, you know, both, you know, it on both ends. Yeah. So, and that person weaponized that against me and actually pushed me to the second attempt that I made yeah. was from that person. So I am very intimately aware of those dynamics. Yeah. That, that he's showing is bullshit. Yeah. And that's why I feel comfortable calling that out. Right. So let's move on. Um, Lala and Ariana are going shopping at one point and they're getting ready to go to, uh, see you next Tuesday, um, at Sir. Uh, they're talking about James and Ariana says, I did always feel that when James was sober, he was better. Like, I don't want to tell him what's good for him. You know, what's not good for him. And Lala goes, I love that you said that because I don't think anybody who still drinks should be telling someone they shouldn't drink. I'm like, nah, I don't know about that Lala. <laughs> Some people can drink normally. <laughs> yeah. Like not everybody's an alcoholic. Yeah. Ma'am. Um, yeah. So as this is happening, we also then go to Katie and Sheena uh, having their get together dinner. Um, and they're hitting it off and it's going well. Sheena mentions, I heard you had a date maybe across the street tomorrow night. And apparently Katie is going, going to go out on a date with, I think the guitarist of the 27s. His name is Kevin. Mm -hmm. I love that. She says they're a professional. Kevin, I, Kevin and I clicked because we talked about tequila and he didn't know anything about tequila. So I really got to shine in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Using tequila, Katie for the better. (laughs) I'm just so proud of Katie, like, you know, and like her finding her own like personal confidence about herself and and all that. So like, yeah, I'm I'm really happy. Also, can we talk about how she wears this? dress in the confessionals so much better than Kyle does on Beverly Yeah, Rose. but also, did you see the the comments where it's like, oh, apparently this is like the lesbian like intro dress or whatever. Like, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Um, Sheena apolog- apologizes for inviting Swartz to emo night. She goes, that was old Sheena feeling bad that someone was left out, but when he said, I don't want to abandon Sandoval, I was like, I immediately am regretting this. I don't want to have you ever be uncomfortable with him being there, which I thought was big on Sheena to be like, yeah, yeah. I had a moment and like, but I realize now like, yeah, that's, you know. Okay, Sheena. Yeah. Katie goes, I appreciate it, but it's not about me. It's more for your sake. Like, I can be in a room with Swartz, but it's like, I just want you to have a better like sort of like understanding of like how people treat yeah. you and etc sheena is like the people in my life are the people that i want in my life and katie goes to have to carve out time for garbage people just because i have history if you don't add value to my life and she's like that's the biggest thing if you don't add value you don't need to be there yeah and that's so true that's the here's the thing everything they're saying is correct and also ariana's boundaries that she lays out are correct boundaries the only reason people have issues is because they're on a reality show yeah. and so like that like that's the only reason and so like yeah, in a, like in normal human life, nothing about what these ladies are saying is crazy. It's not. Like, yeah. Well, and that yeah, it 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 it's it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Swartz uh, stops by Vanderpump Dogs to get the dogs groomed and uh, takes some time to talk to Lisa. And he tells she tells or he tells Lisa about yeah, like my brother. I just got him back into rehab, but he's also then gotten to the hospital because he has cirrhosis. And I felt really bad for Swartz here. Like you know he's going through like that and the other brother having the cancer scare. It's like a lot. And I do yeah. agree that like 
in those moments, I feel bad for Schwartz. And I think I said it last week. I think he is partially falling under the issue of being friends with Sandoval in the sense that I do, because Sandoval is so manipulative, these read manipulative, but I don't think they necessarily are. Well, and it's... But you know what I mean, though? It's frustrating because I want... I want Schwartz to be better, and I believe Schwartz can be better. Right. Maybe I'm just falling for the puppy doll shtick. I I will agree that that's probably part of it, maybe even a big part of it. But I, like, he's so... You see glimpses of this caring person that he could be. Right. Like, at the end of the day... Katie fell in love with this person for a reason. He has good parts. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's just, I, I want him to be better. And I think he could be. And I think we see glimpses of that when he stands up to Sandoval and is like, no, you, you were wrong here. We see that here. We see him. He did a little bit of that last season where he was doing those digs and jabs. Right. Yeah. But he was also like being part of it. So He's such a strange, confusing character. And I think there are moments where he weaponizes the puppy dog stuff. I think in the conversation with Ariana later, that happens a couple times. Yeah. But I think this moment felt different to me. And I think you can tell when he's actively using it and when he's not. There's a path for him to be a good person that is back firmly within the group. I don't know if he will take it. Right. And it's so frustrating. Yeah. Because... He could be. He could, and he's choosing not to. Yeah, and they're almost begging him at this point, and he just yeah. won't. Lisa, they're talking about Sandoval, and Lisa goes, I just don't think the punishment really befits the crime. And maybe I would feel very differently if Ariana wasn't living her best life, but she's kind of moved on. I hated this statement by Lisa, yeah. only because it plays into what we the the stigma that we put against women. If Ariana is in a ball crying right inconsolable then she's over it and she's moved on and and so she has no emotions with it anymore that's not true yeah like like it's like women grieving and dealing with betrayal doesn't look the same like from woman to woman from person to person like every person deals with trauma differently so like yeah, of course it's going to, like, you can't just tell Ariana this is how you have to behave in order for it to be valid. Yeah. That's not, that's not how this works. Right. Um, Lisa talks to Santa, or says that, you know, that the self-harm stuff really scares the life out of her. And I, and like we said, we understand why it scares her and like why she's airing on the side of where she's airing. She goes, as a friend, you have to try and help change this whole narrative. And Schwartz goes, he doesn't make it easy on me, which like, yeah, like, or at all. Like, yeah. like he doesn't make it possible for you. Well, and I mean, also for it to fall on Schwartz when everything else has fallen on Schwartz. Right. right? It's like, it's like not on Schwartz. Al- I'm he's sorry. He's already got to run Schwartz and Sandy's by himself. He's already got to manage Tom Tom by himself. Right. He's already got to, you know, do all of these things and where it, Tom has dropped the ball. And how do we see that manifesting now? Him being his translator in every fucking, you know. Yeah. And it's, that's, 
Yeah, it's frustrating. Lisa talks about how they're opening up a new restaurant in Lake Tahoe, and maybe they can do a get-together. Why don't you get them all together? And Swartz goes, I mean, I know Ariana and Tom, you know, that's a no. And Lisa goes, yeah, probably won't happen with Ariana ever, nor should it. It'd be, if it had been done to me, I would have cut Ken's what's-its off and shoved it up his ass. At least you acknowledge that. Like, yeah. Like, again, Ariana doesn't have to be friends with this man. I'm sorry. There's oh, God. Can you imagine if this had happened between Ken and Kyle? Because that would be the equivalent, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Back when oh, LVP and yeah. Kyle were besties. Wild. Wild. Blows my mind even thinking about it. Crazy. Right. But yeah, Lisa would have eviscerated that man yeah. and Kyle. Rightfully so. Um, they all get together at Sir uh, for See You Next Tuesday. Um, Schwartz joins them. I love Lala goes, are you just popping in or were you invited? <laughs> and Schwartz is like, that's a dig. Like, like <laughs> But dude, you're going to get digged. Um, Schwartz, uh, talks about how he's being sober curious. And so he shows Lala, he has these like neurotropics or whatever. They, it, Lala's like, I never really heard the term sober curious. Like it's like the new California sober, which I think you could have moments of sobriety if for you, like you're, well, I mean, I thought it was pretty clear what he was saying. And I think Lala was just taking an opportunity to dig at Schwartz. What was he saying? That he's looking into the idea of becoming sober, at least part-time, and, like, lessening how much he's drinking and, like... Sure. Well, yeah. Because he's actively trying to, like, be considerate of being around his brother and, like, all of those things. Yeah, they don't know about his brother stuff, I'm assuming. And so that's probably why he's not... I mean, even then, I think if you say sober curious, that makes sense to me. Like, you're looking into what a sober lifestyle looks like yeah. like ali tells him like i'm trying it too short and I'm, I'm thinking whatever. yeah and like he's like oh like you know they're talking about like the sober people in the group and she's like yeah i'm sober too like i'm for three weeks so it's like it's amazing how many of the group is sober right now like especially considering the fact that all of the restaurants that they are are bars i mean sir is a, a restaurant but it's like a bar and a restaurant. Yeah. Pump was a bar. Tom Tom is a bar. Schwartz and Sandy's is a bar. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> what, what are we doing here? This was always going to be the inevitable results. Like Honestly. That. Um, Schwartz uh, goes to the DJ booth and tells James that he's inviting everyone to Tahoe, including Sandoval. And, he, and James goes, I mean, everyone here is cool. Like, would be nice if he didn't come. But hey, like, I don't want to spend my days feeling this anger. So I can't let this stuff annoy me. And is he, this a backdoor pilot to Lisa's new show? No, because that's someplace else. That's in like Italy or something. Or like, Oh, right. It's yeah. like. Like, what's the name of it? Uh, Vanderpump Villa. Villa. Vanderpump Villa. I was like, Villa Vanderpump? What? One of the two. We may watch it. I don't know. Um, Swartz tells James, beautifully stated. I bet you think it's beautifully stated. (laughs) Like, my God. Um, Then Tom arrives with Kyle Chan. uh, And Tom says his confessional. I'm taking what Lisa said to heart. I'm ready to be apologetic and humble with the rest of the group. Let's see how that looks out. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Not great. Uh, (laughs) Who could have predicted? Sheena uh, tells Ariana, Sandoval just walked in, and Ariana's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, Ariana says her confessional, I don't know why Sandoval would show up to Sir. I will not have him in my circle. It's not going to happen. Peace out, dude. You fucking suck. Like, But also, if he was looking to be humble and apologetic, don't you think he would have 
I don't know, gone to the group and said something? Or how about this? Go to James. You just had the fight with James. Apologize to James at the very least, right? Yeah. Like, at one point, Katie's literally like, so he just had this, like, big blow up at James and then shows up at his event. Yeah. Okay. Like, like it's just weird. Like, what are you doing? But uh, he And see, James is not even with the rest of the group, so it's not like you have to go to the group to get him by himself. Right. But, uh, but you're right, though. Like, as if we were to believe, if Sheena did not pass him to go to the bathroom, he wouldn't have interacted with anyone. He would have just sat at that table. To be fair, though, it's not like she didn't see the cameras. Right. No, I... I think but that was, I think that was slightly staged. Let's be real. Um, but Sandoval and Kyle are sitting at a table. Just again, the way Sandoval acting is so. He goes, "All right, wow, it's busy tonight." It's just a little. Maybe I'm hypersensitive, but it's just like he just feels like he's performing. It's, it's so yeah, it's bad. I think the bagel truck scene last season fucked any chance that he had up for me because I yeah. know he produces scenes. Yeah, like he goes, "I feel like someone's gonna like accidentally spill a drink on me, but like on purpose." Because, again, it's like, oh, like, no one cares. Like, But also, like, preemptive, you know, framing so that if something accidental does happen, he's automatically the victim. Sure. Um, this waiter for Sir Jesse then comes over. We've seen him a couple times. Um, he comes over and goes, obviously, I've been wondering how you've been doing. I've been worried for you. You fucked up, obviously. And Sandoval goes, I know there's a lot of collateral damage, like especially to Swartz, but I know you've gotten some too. Again, a lot with Jason. Who is this person? Like, what collateral damage has he gotten? Nobody. Nothing. Nobody knows who this man is. Jesse goes, I told you when this all went down, I had to unfollow you on Instagram. I didn't want to be attached to the decisions you made. And Sandoval goes, I just don't want you to have to deal with any extra stress because of me. And Jesse goes, thank you. It means so much to me. And then they hug. It just felt like fake. It felt fake. I didn't. And then he slipped a 20 in his pocket. Or Lisa did. Like, you know what I mean? Something. Something. It was just weird. And then Kyle, after he leaves, Kyle Chan goes, so you have to deal with that all the time? Every single person you see? And Sandoval then, again, has, because he's got this, like, long sleeve sweater on, like, takes the sweater sleeves to, like, pat away. No tears. Nothing. (laughs) Fucking get the eye drops, dude. Because I just feel really bad, man. Um, Swartz then goes up to the group who are all sitting around outside and Swartz goes, tells them that Lisa wanted him to invite everyone to Tahoe and Swartz is like, you know, including, you know, who, and Katie goes, why? (laughs) Exactly. And Swartz goes, because I want to invite everyone. Ariana immediately says, I don't want to be anywhere near either you or my ex. And Swartz goes, but I figure since you guys are already kind of, like, in the same house, like, it wouldn't be that awkward. He knows that it's awkward. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Ariana goes, when we're in the same house, there's a mediator that goes in between, and we don't run into each other or interact. And Swartz goes, it's a complicated situation. <laughs> it's just like, I, if he talk like, like, I get that he has to, he's being forced to mediate, too, in, in a sense, from Lisa. But it's like, if you talked real for once, like, just, like, whatever. Yeah. He, he goes, I mean, like, you guys can book your own spot, but I would love if you came up. You don't have to, like, see me or Tom. Then why would they come up? Like, what? Like, stupid. Lala then goes, after everything that happened, because Lala's trying here. She goes, after everything that happened and how he has treated you, what makes you feel the need to stand by his side? 
like honestly asking a genuine question. And Schwartz goes, we have a very beautiful friendship. And right now it's strained. It sucks for me. <laughs> Which is just like, say that in front of Ariana. It's crazy to me. <sighs> Lala goes, I think it's beautiful because you're a part of it. But on his end, whether you want to see him or not, Schwartzy, the day will come where you see it. And you're going to look back and go, I fucking should have gotten rid of him when that shit happened. Yeah. And Lala is so correct on that. Like, yeah. whether Swartz realizes it now or he clearly doesn't realize it now. Like, I mean, I think he was. He seems so close, right? Yeah. He seems so close to that moment, but I, I don't know. I don't know. He goes, Lala goes, he will devastate you. And Swartz goes, but we've been working through it. Like, it's a work in progress. What have you been working through? What work is Santa? Like, because a work in progress, like, what work has Sandoval done right. in your relationship? Because all we've seen is him, you capitulate to him, go to his party, and then him, again, not listen to you. Mm-hmm. Katie's face is just like, I've heard this shit like a million times before. Like, sorry. Ariana then goes, listen, I gave up on you a long time ago, and my life is better for it. And Swartz goes, I love that for you. This is when Swartz gets, like, yeah. it's people would point out the switch that Swartz flips with women sometimes yeah. where he goes from puppy dog to aggressive. Yeah. She goes, so good luck. Anything everyone says about you about any of this shit is always going to fall on deaf ears. You're a lost cause. Swartz goes, don't speak on behalf of the whole group. You're not the queen of the group. Come on. Like, your ego is getting a little bit like, and I'm like, fuck off, Swartz. Fuck off. And he's doubled down on the after show after the fact, so he has no excuse that it was just in the moment. But it's like, she wasn't speaking on behalf of the group. Literally every time she sets a boundary, she says, I. I'm not going to be around him. I'm not going to be, you know, in his vicinity. I, I, I. She doesn't speak for the group. Well, she, what she does say is that anytime uh, you say something to anyone, it will fall on death. No, no, no. That's not what she said. Read it back. She says anytime anyone else says this stuff to you, meaning if anyone who tries to be like, look at what Sandoval is doing to you, that is going to fall on deaf ears from you. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he misunderstood that too, and that's why he's saying you're talking for everybody. Because that's what I heard. Sure, but and so I, I can I can have room that someone else could mishear that as well. Fine, but, but also I know that he also just does that. But also he's again, like I said, he's double tripling down on the after right. show. And also we posted a great video on our Instagram and our TikTok of Sandoval being like. Look, that's what I experienced in the relationship. You know, her intelligence. And you saw it, Schwartz. You saw it in the relationship. And the way Schwartz in this after show is disassociating and, like, trying to, like... It's just so, like, sad. It's fucking sad. Um, Ariana's like, oh, wait, so now it's my ego. And Katie goes, don't say that to her. I love that Katie's standing up being like, you're not going to talk to her like you've talked to me for years, by the yeah. way. Um, Ariana says her confessional Swartz is very clearly confusing strength and boundaries with ego. I'm not making decisions for anybody else but myself. If I don't want to be around my ex, I literally don't fucking have to. Yeah. Period. Swartz goes, she's speaking on behalf of the whole group. And Katie goes, she can because that's how we feel. Like, this isn't just her issue. Right. You're not going to portray that. Portray that. 
uh, Swords goes, I'm sorry I said that. Like, I, mi- I just missed the group dynamic. And Oriana goes, no one destroyed that but him. Because I, and I feel like her saying that was like, I see what you guys are trying to do, right? I see you're trying to make it that I broke up the group. Right. That's horseshit. Swartz goes, I'm trying to have a conversation. You were all just like teaming up on me. Like, fuck off. Like, ugh. It's so like, he, no, like they are, they are having a conversation with you. You just don't like what they're saying. Honestly. And Katie Leary goes, release yourself from this fucking torture. It's just exhausting to watch you just, like, not listen. Like, yeah. Okay, so then Sheena says that she's going to go to the bathroom and then very conveniently walks. She says hi to Kyle, (laughs) Kyle Chan. But the way Sandoval goes, hey, Sheena, hi. I didn't even recognize you. And he, like, stands up and just, like, no tooth smile and stares at her again like he's an alien it's so weird and sheena's looking at her like looking at him like okay it's weirdly aggressive yeah it's just odd and awkward and like yeah sandoval goes can i talk to you for a second and sheena goes not right here i'm gonna go to the bathroom i'll meet you in the back i'm not doing that here which i don't even think Sheena should have talked to him but it's clearly the show well but the thing is is that by by him being you know being all smiley and being nice and all of those things it makes them look like the asshole if they won't engage right that's what he's he's manipulating public opinion yeah at this point they go out to the sir alley the famous sir alley this was so strange sandoval goes i got you a vodka soda another gift i got you a vodka soda because i stopped and got a diet coke and sheena goes I'm actually three weeks sober today, but thank you. And Sandoval goes, yeah, I had this like weird feeling that you weren't drinking tonight for some reason. Then why did you get her a vodka soda? <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so odd. Why not err on the, on the side of getting someone like there is no one in the world that drinks that doesn't drink something that's non-alcoholic yeah. except maybe Marisol. On Miami. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. But everyone else, at least occasionally, drinks a non-alcoholic beverage. So why would you not err on the side of non-alcoholic if you had even the inkling that she might maybe kind of slightly not be drinking tonight? It's, he's just saying stuff. I no, really I know. think he is. They sit down and then, again, they just awkwardly stare at each other as Sandoval's like smiling. And Sheena's just, like, looking at him. And Sandoval goes, you look like you kind of rode in on, like, a Shania Twain, like, motorcycle. Like, you know, in that video. And Sheena goes, thank you. Sandoval goes, is that what you were going for? He's, like, laugh smiling. And, and Sheena's like, yeah, it's like a Y2K look. And he's like, yes! Uh he gives me the fucking creeps. Like it's the amount of times he says, I'm not a serial killer. You're really giving off serial killer. Well, but that's part of the manipulation, right? Yeah. He's trying to establish we're friends. Remember you like when we're getting along, you like the banter. Yeah. But he never, it's unless I miss He never talked like this before. Like, he would never presented like this to me before. Like, it's just a new, weird, like... Yeah. Like, but, so- I mean, but 
but it's all everything he does is manipulation. Well, and especially because he goes, speaking of which, like this is like a Y2K sweater. And Sheena goes, nice. And Sandoval goes, it's Ali's. I found it in his bedroom. I found that so gross. Yeah. I'm sorry. I found more re- manipulation. Rest in peace to that man. You know, nothing against that man, but I am. I found that so gross that he like the way he transitioned that. Yeah. Sheena goes, yeah, I didn't expect getting blocked when I reached out when someone so near and dear to you passed away. Santa goes, I understand that. And I appreciate it. I was not in a good place that day. I haven't been in a lot of days. I felt like maybe you were doing it just to say that you did, which isn't past Sheena. Like, yeah, sure. But also, she could just say that she did. But also... Nobody's going to check with you. Right. But, like, other than her, like, saying that that she sent you this message and you blocked her, like, she's not saying it publicly. She's not, like, you know, like, boasting about it. I don't think she even said it on her podcast, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm wrong. But, like, you know, she's not doing it as front-facing as you do all your shit front-facing. Sheena goes, I would think after 14 years of friendship, you would know me better than that and know that it was genuine because I have a heart. You've not been acting like you have a heart. And Sandoval goes, everything I do is like look in the most negative way possible because you are doing so many negative things. Because you're the most negative person possible. (laughs) (laughs) Sheena goes, but don't you think if you would have been honest and remorseful from the beginning, it would have been a different outcome? And he goes, of course. I handled it like shit. I mean, I can't do anything about the past, which is such a but, classic, like... But also, you're still handling it like shit. Right. That's what you're not recognizing. It, it is continuing to be mishandled. Right. She, get, she goes, you can, be, you can apologize and be remorseful. You don't need to keep doubling down and acting like the villain, Tom, which is what he's doing. Like, yeah. And she, he goes, Sheena, I apologize to you so heartily at your house. But then, but, but Sandoval, then what did you do after? Yes, you had that moment where you cried at her house on her couch and all that stuff. And apparently ruined that couch for her. Right. And then you went into the reunion... And then you were telling her, Sheena's groveling and trying to get him back with the... So you're an asshole. Stop acting as though, like, you didn't flip-flop on these fuckers. Yeah. Like, when it was convenient to you, they weren't your friends. But when it was... You had an opportunity to maybe get sympathy for them, then you were their friends. Fuck off. Sheena goes, it's not just me, Tom. And he goes, I would love to talk to Ariana. I would love to. Because out of everybody, she's been a hundred times less proactively vindictive, which is weird to me because she's the one that I did it to. She has every right to come after me and do all of that stuff. But Ariana doesn't get off on that shit. She doesn't want to see me dragged to the point of fucking like, and then he pauses and goes, I mean, I feel like he was going to try to introduce the suicide thing again. And like, is but also, again, fully contradicts what he said on Nick Vile that she was yeah. being proactively vindictive. Yeah. Whatever. And honestly, that was it 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 was one thing to say that because a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, that podcast was done, you know, recently and this was ten months ago. So and, what shifted? Well, but if you also remember in that podcast and several times since the filming of the show he has said this is vin- this is indicative of how she was our entire relationship right this is the real ariana so 
then he was lying. Yeah, exactly. Sheena goes, nobody wants to see that, Tom. And she and Sandoval goes, but it's been fucking relentless. I get you're doing podcasts for money, but at a certain point, it's too much. And Sheena goes, and there was a certain point where we stopped. And I'm so glad that Sheena brought this up when he did the whole, like, I know you got to do it for money, but, like, you got to, you know, at a certain point. Sheena goes, I think you should just really need to humble yourself. And the next show you play, maybe leave Schwartz and Raquel's name out of your songs. Yeah. Like, you don't get to fucking say that I am saying too much stuff, that I am not unrelenting. When you're singing about Schwartz losing his house and Raquel being hot for me or not for me or whatever the lyrics are in your fucking shows. Yeah. Um, also, just to backtrack to Ariana. So... You're you're wanting apologies. You're wanting to talk. Like, I'm sure that if you sent a message via your assistant that you were ready to do, to um, agree to selling the house, um, you know, to a third party. Yeah. If all, if she would sit down and allow you to apologize, I'm sure she would sit down with you. She probably would take that. Yeah. She would be happy to hear you out and then put the house on the market. But you have to give something. You have to stop being a dick. But the thing is, he doesn't think that his life can't be exactly like the way it was. Right. Without work. Right. It should, it should just be that way. Sheena goes, everything you're doing is literally the definition of a narcissist. And Sandoval goes, it's not. You should look it up. Which is so kind of like, the, you should look it up. It's so like, okay. But also here's, we have and I, you are. But again, here's the real Sandoval. Here he is. Yep. And Sheena goes, a narcissist is never going to admit that they're a narcissist. And Sandoval goes, yeah, I know. That's why Lala won't say that she is. Fuck off. You don't Sniper know. from the left on Lala, I guess. <laughs> like, it's like, you don't know what a narcissist is, dude. And also, it just, again, he can't be pushed in any way on anything that he says without dropping the, like, humble facade and, like, right. you know what I mean? And revealing himself. Sheena goes, well, she's not, and that's offensive. I have to get home to my daughter, which I love that's her excuse now to get out of, like, shit that's... She goes, my advice to you is to humble yourself and have some humility. And Sandoval goes, okay, yeah. Like, very condescending. Sheena gets up and goes, no one is wishing for any harm to come to you or her. I just want to make that clear. And Sandoval goes, you should know that after that Nima interview, I really had to talk her down. I just want you to know that. Going back to what I said, stop saying that shit without people's fucking consent. Yeah. Stop. It's nasty. And Sheena goes, but she said it, Tom. And I'm with Sheena about the whole having Nema or Nima on the podcast where I was, you were calling me a liar. You were saying I was making that shit up. Right. She has every right to defend her good name. And so I brought brought him on the podcast because he was the one that Raquel told. Yeah. And so I'm not making it up. You may not have told Raquel, but Raquel told him. Right. Period. Like, so I'm with Sheena that she had a right to sort of, like, clear her name in that regard. Um, Sandoval goes, but is it really your business? I thought this was so illuminating. He goes, but is this really really your business? And Sheena goes, well, when my character is being questioned, yes, it is my business. He goes, 
but it wouldn't have even had to have been that if you hadn't have brought it up to begin with. Meaning, you should have shut the fuck up. And when all this stuff was coming out about all that you knew. Right. You, you wanted her to be like Schwartz. Yeah. Period. And then Sheena just goes, it would have never been if you hadn't fucked Raquel to begin with. I'm done. And go, storms off and Sandoval goes, I know that's going to be a thing. Yeah, it is because you fucked her. It is going to be a thing because it happened. Yeah. Like, he just wants to sweep everything under the rug and act like none of the last year happened. It's, oh, I hate him. Like, th- this is my thesis conclusion of why I hate Tom Sandoval. There Honestly. It is. Um, that was Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Gay and a Zimby. Let's head back to L.A. where our diamond holders unite around what they do best. Shopping, drinking, and being nosy-ass bitches on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for this week. Um, you were saying you really liked this episode. I really did. And it, it's because of the last bit of my intro there. They're at the Diamonds and Champagne party where they really just kind of are being happy. And yeah. like just, it, it was a good mood. And it was the whole cast pretty well, much. Yeah. Well, it, I, well, I think there's still like issues interdynamic issues between the cast. I think I may have mentioned this last week. I can't remember. Maybe I said it off podcast. Um, I think this is a rebuilding season in many ways. Is it the, I think some, I've heard some people say that season's been boring, but like, I think with Rinna gone, you had to have time to reformulate friendships and, and make it feel like a group again and make it feel, develop a chemistry that, can sustain and like then you can work out in more details and get more sort of like invested in other things i think you had to rebuild a little bit and like this i think 
when we get to the party at the end, that was kind of a prime example of that. I will yeah. say, I did feel more than in past seasons, like particularly Erica, like feeling more like she is with the group than just like with her own particular friends. Yeah, because I mean, Erica has in the past like been isolated. It it was basically her and Rena and Diana, yeah, kind of in a corner last season and they were kind of tangentially connected to Kyle and and Dorit but really and truly they were their own little and they weren't really connecting with anyone else right and Rena very much facilitated the idea that Erica didn't have to connect with anybody else yeah i really think i mean Rena like, was doing to or to um Erica what um, Giselle is doing to Robin. Right. It's really once once you remove, and, and I think Rena has value. Don't get me wrong. I love Rena when she was at her best. I but, used to love Giselle too. <laughs> exactly. But it's like once you remove that piece of the puzzle, you mm-hmm. really see the shift. Yeah. You and not just like just in mentality, like you see people like being more open, and I think like that's not happenstance. I think that's for a reason. Yeah. I mean, this is an indication of what could be in the future of Potomac. Yeah. This rebuilding where everybody really kind of connects better. And because it, it's the same image. Yeah. I mean, not to talk too much about Potomac. We didn't get it this week. But, like, I, it's the same problem. Right. I mean, but Beverly Hills doesn't have the added issue of having a shitty production company. Sure. That's that. But, like... Come on, bravo. Yeah. Um, we start the episode by Erica meeting with her therapist, Dr. Jen, um, to sort of talk about how things have been going and stuff like that. And talking about, like, that with the resin- residency and stuff like that, she's in, like, a good place right now going forward. Erica says, I want to surpass any expectations, but I'm a little afraid to be honest with you. And Jen goes, you used to have your husband and unlimited funds and unlimited resources. It's easy to forget Tom did uh, support you before things got really bad. And Erica goes, right or wrong, good or bad. The man encouraged me to be here. And I was, whew, okay. Um, I, I get what they're saying. And what they're saying is like, pro, like, correct. Like it's, but it, in the context of like why Tom is not, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like. I love that she said good or bad, but I'm like, but bad. It was bad money. Like, like it's it, right. It was bad money. Like, right. it, I don't believe you knew, but like it was bad money. I will also say we have not watched the second part of the housewife and the hustler. We have also not seen the first one. We did not watch the first one. I've seen clips from the second one of the sit down with the victims and they go, the second one also details some of the Marco Marco stuff, which, again, I've said before, I think Erica is a bit more culpable in and might have to face a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's a touchy subject, and it's like I, I, I don't think there's a great way to handle it on this show. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, I just I don't feel like – any show that is trying to capitalize off of the sensationalism yeah and the um I- any of that i feel like inherently is going to be going in under the assumption that erica is in, is the enemy right which i don't think is 
integ like there's no integrity in that. And I feel like the only way you can really analyze this situation is removed from the scandal of it. Yeah. What like give it a few years. And I then really look back give on it, it a few years. Like we got a, at least most of the season where we did not talk about it and I was happy about that cuz like honestly well but I say that to say this I don't trust that the what's it called housewife and the hustler housewife and the hustler I don't trust that that is a a down the middle portrayal of what happened sure. i think it is most likely slanted very heavily against erica so sure. i will take the real like i'll take the real like the guy from marco marco what he is saying i yes. that's his work right and, and so I, that is something I you can believe that 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 erica is the villain in that in that like portrayal. when I hear from the victims, when I right. hear from that, that is one thing. I think when you just hear from media personalities, like you, right. it's just like it's different. When they had like Dana Wilkie and like Daniel Staub in that, I was like, why are they there? I'm sorry, like this doesn't help your case. Yeah, like, it's not. It, it it just seems overly critical of someone who, I mean, not to be an Erica apologist, but like. Someone who's been going through a lot of shit for the last few years. Yeah. Maybe give her a second to breathe. Also, you can be an Erica apologist. We all, I, you're allowed to stand one person blindly. I, I, but the thing is, is I don't stand I, her. I know you don't view it blindly as blindly. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think you, that you she, don't. You criticize her a lot. You I do. do. I think that she actively handled it completely wrong. I think that she probably looked the other way when she shouldn't have. But at the end of the day, I think that she is a victim of Tom's. Sure. And I, I think that she has every right to be upset to lose her entire way of life. And, like, I do believe that whether the other women on this cast were right to question or not, I do believe at the end of the day, they should have fucking stood next to her yeah. instead of grilling her on things they knew she couldn't answer. I, and we'll get to that. Like, we'll get to that in the end scene. Um, Jen, because she talks about the stuff she said at Sutton's ceremony and stuff like that and how she was angry. Jen tells her, closure has to come from you. If you've learned nothing from the past few years, something shitty can happen to you and you can recover. And you know who has your back and who doesn't. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess that is the right message, but I was also like, that's like, I don't know. It, it seemed more of an ally than a therapist statement to me, which maybe Erica needs that. I don't know. But like, you know, I, again, I think like, they get into it later about like w how it's a little nuanced in terms of like what yeah. their feelings were. Um, we then go to Sutton who's going to the stables to visit Santos and she's, uh, has Avi in tow. And I love when they get out of the car and they're looking at the horse in the, uh, the, uh, the field or whatever. And goes, and Sutton goes, look at him. No, wait, that might not be him. <laughs> and Avi goes, no, he has white hair. <laughs> and Sutton goes, it looked like him from a second from afar. <laughs> Sutton is just, I, I don't understand, like, Sutton, is, anyone who doesn't like Sutton, I don't get it. Sutton's comedic gold. And I love her and Avi. I don't understand the people who are like, God, I cannot imagine. It's like, they clearly, like, it's clearly a back and forth. I think Sutton said on the after show, like, he gives as good as I give. And so, like, yeah. you know. Well, and anyone who spent any time about around Jewish people, Avi is Jewish. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. there's a, a banter 
amongst Jewish people, and it's usually like the, it's 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 a cultural difference, right? Yeah. So like he gets that, and they play together like that. I know you don't mean to this to sound this way, but when you said that about. Uh, Jewish people have a bear. Remember on OC when they went to Ireland and Kelly was fighting with Heather and she goes, look, Jewish people have a sense of humor. And Heather's like, (laughs) are you saying I don't have a sense? (laughs) I know that's not what you meant, but when you said it, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Uh, yes. Me and Kelly Ben Simone. Or not Ben Simone. Kelly Dodd. Kelly Dodd. Very the same different. person. Oh my god, can you imagine them in a room together? <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking dumb. And you're <laughs> I book it. Book that for Ultimate Girls Trap. Oh the my one god. time the one time I would be willing to watch Kelly Dodd again. Honestly. Um Avi's gonna feed Santos and Avi goes, Uncle Avi bought you a purple carrot and Santos snatches the other carrot from his back. <laughs> And he was shocked. It was like, it's it's it was great. This is like the good, like it's not slapsticky, but it's just like See, Santos was playing along too. Santos also knows how to banter. Yeah, <laughs> you got a volley. <laughs> um, Sutton decides that she's going to ride uh, Santos for the first time. Sutton says in the commercial, "He's a big boy, but he knows me now, so I can ride him." Sort of like when I'm dating someone, I get to know him first before I ride him. And then she cracks herself up in the confessional. Dying. Um, I so Kyle then arrives, which I I glad I didn't misremember this. And Sutton pointed out, I will say the one thing I'll give credit to Kyle, credit Kyle for filming this scene when she's allergic to horses. Like I forgot that trip where she literally almost had like an allergic reaction. <laughs> oh man! But she walks up and goes, "Well, hello, beautiful. I'm talking to the horse." Which I I. I thought that was funny. There are moments where Kyle's humor hits and there's moments where it doesn't. And I think she she, she has that like negging humor where yeah. I've I I've, I've been exhausted for it for a couple years. The, and that's fair, but we were just talking about how it works with Avi and like they have the same that same negging humor. Yeah. Here like I think also with this scene like I've been very like Kyle is not Sutton's friend. She's a terrible friend to Sutton, and she kind of still is. But, like, this felt a little, like you said, kind of similar with the Erica stuff, like, in the end of the episode with the group. Like, yeah. this felt more genuine. Like, yeah. like I, I was like, oh, I can actually see the friendship sort yeah. of. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Kyle cares for Sutton. Yeah. And I think that they have a friendship. I don't think that Kyle has shown up. In that friendship for right. Sutton. And I think that's a, t- I don't think that's unique necessarily to Sutton. No. Kyle puts herself first. And in a lot of reasons, most people should put themselves first because they constantly are putting themselves at a disadvantage to take care of other people in their lives. Sure. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case for Kyle. I don't think she's ever done that for anyone but her family. I will agree that she does that for her family. But like, come on. Yeah. Like, take care of your friends. Um, Kyle says her confessional, are we certain Sutton's ever ridden a horse before? She looks about like she did when she was riding the bull in Las Vegas. I don't think she rode that bad. That I was like... She rode the bull pretty well, too. Yeah. That I was like, lay off. Okay. Like, (laughs) we're like frustrating the fuck out of me. Uh, they all sit, they sit at the picnic table to talk. Um, and, uh, Sutton says that she had texted Christian, uh, after he had left to go to the UK and to say goodbye and good luck. And she says, I just want him to be happy. 
Um, Kyle then asked, did you guys ever go to therapy or anything? And Sutton goes, neither one of us have ever been to therapy. And Kyle goes, Mo and I are going to therapy now. It really was just Kyle wanting to talk about this, which she said, I think it's like important for her to open up to Sutton a little bit. Like, I think like that was one of the things Sutton's wanted, like to be like, you can talk to me about this stuff. Yeah. You know, honestly, Kyle goes, we've really been working a lot and that's, you know, created so much time apart. And Sutton goes, well, that's what's happened in my marriage. Like he went one way and I went the other. And she, and Kyle's like, we're basically going to the, uh, the same directions, but it's a part like, cause yeah. both of our lives are sort of like becoming more busy. Well, because the difference is, is that Christian didn't want Sutton doing anything. Right. She wasn't allowed to pursue anything. She was just a stay at home wife. And Mo makes it clear later. Like, I'm glad that you're doing projects. I'm glad that you're like, you know, investing yourself in sort of these things that you're passionate about. You yeah. Know? Um, so that, that is a difference. Yeah. Sutton says every now and then when you're going to, you're going to have to make sacrifices on both sides. And Kyle goes, I know, but he will never not work. Like he's not going to do that. Obviously you can turn down certain things. And Sutton goes, I mean, you're going to have to right? And Kyle goes, I mean, I don't have to like, and I was like, okay, Kyle, you're being selfish. I, I get and don't get Kyle's point. Like I, well, I, I get it, but I don't agree with it. Maybe always. She says, I've made sacrifices and compromises. I've been a really good wife and a good mom, and I've supported him through everything. I want to feel like Mo is prioritizing me like I have him. Well, and I think, look, he's at a point with the agency where he could easily hire other people. He could work less. He can work. To, he, to take over some of the things that are taking up his time. Yeah. And that way he could be more present and still be expanding the business as much as possible. Right. Because other people are doing some of that and taking on some of that load, but he could also still be more present at home. And Kyle could still literally do all of the things that she wants to do and be out and doing those things and still coming home and having time for Mauricio. Right. Like those things exist, but until he's willing to do that and take a step back, I don't see why she should have to. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause like, well, and like she said, like there was a period where I was the supportive wife and I was right. being the one that was always there for whatever. And I didn't put myself first. And so therefore, like if it's going to be a change, there needs to be some losing it on your end, which I think is probably fair. Kyle says, one day my kids will be all gone from the house. And then what am I going to have? I want to have my life too. It just feels good to be independent. And like, yeah, like I, I, I think that's fair. I think she contradicts that later with a comment. We'll get to it. But like, yeah, the, the Mo comment was, or the Mo conversation and the house was much more interesting and, and I, and telling to me. Well, and I think she would be happy with turning down things if she knew that she was turning that down to spend time with her husband. Right. But if, if that's not guaranteed, if that's not guaranteed and she's going to turn something down to be available to be let down again, I can understand wanting to be throw yourself into every project that presents itself. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be sitting at home by yourself while your husband's halfway around the world, opening another office. Right. 
Um, we then go to Garcelle's house and she's with the boys. They're getting, uh, they're doing this campaign for this company called Cyber Smile, which is a sort of like activist and sort of like, um, so, so an organization that combats cyberbullying mm-hmm. and, and, and puts the light onto, you know, combating cyberbullying. And this is per- obviously very personal to Garcelle because of what happened to Jax last year. And so they're doing it together. And it's one thing Jax wanted to also do as well to sort of, um, get out there. It was funny, Jade, with the like cue cards of like what they were reading. And, oh, like, good lord! She, I was like, "Stop moving!" So, like, like the amount of times she's been on a set for like acting gigs, and she has to deal with these like amateurs. But also, like, aren't they filming it on like an iPad? Yeah, or like a yeah, like some kind like, of like they they literally have screen reader or not screen readers, but teleprompter apps. Yeah. Where you can film yourself while you have the teleprompter on the screen. And they were like professional. Like the ones the that, lighting bit was professional at least. Well, I thought the cue cards were, they looked like something off of a set. Like it was so like. Well, they literally, they had to have gone to like a Kinko's or something and got those made. Yeah, something like that. Um, but after they were done filming, Garcelle and Jax were talking uh, on the couch or whatever. And Garcelle's like, you know, I know you've been asking for some freedom. And, you know, so I think that, you know, you taking an Uber to meet your friends is fine. Like, she talks about, like, you know, with them growing up, fearing, like, relinquishing the reins and sort of, like, doing all that stuff. Um, and Jax is thankful for that. And, like, I, like the, everything that we've seen this season, because we're coming to the close of the season, because next week's the season finale, I think the stuff with Garcelle and her kids has been such a great part of the season. Yeah. It's been really illuminating and has given different sides to her. And, like, I just in really this In this same vein, did you see that Uber is actually launching Uber Team now? No. Where you can get an Uber on your parents' account, your parents... Track the the device. You can only get a five star rated um, mm. person. Like they're very careful about what drivers you're right. allowed to get a ride from. Um, everything goes through like is paired with your parents' account on their phone, mm-hmm. so that they can keep track of you and like all of that sort of stuff. So it's a safety issue, a That's safety good. thing. So. Like literally, this is what Garcelle's talking about, though. Is like providing a space where your your teenager can go and do those things, and it still make you as a parent feel like your child is safe. Yeah, I, I yeah. And Garcelle, uh, but then of course, Jack, Jax is also Jax is a little shit. He's a little dick. Because <laughs> Garcelle goes, I may not be perfect all the time, and Jax goes, but you'll try to get better. And Garcelle goes. Well, I won't say that I'm not good, because that's kind of what you're implying. And Jax goes, I guess I'll see it as a sign of symbolism for better things to come. Stop it. Like, you're 16. Stop. Like, no. He, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a pass because your mother loves you. (laughs) Look, I get that there are, like, like she said, she's not perfect, but like. You are a spoiled brat. <laughs> you have everything handed to you. Shut up and <laughs> be grateful. Yeah. Um, Sutton, uh, we see Sutton going on a second date with Steve. She finally got her second date, which, you know, great for her. I like Steve. I also saw a lot of people being like, I don't know if this guy is real. Like, I think like, like in, in terms of like, it's hard to tell with these shows because it's yeah. like, he is very like comfortable in front of the camera. So that is kind of like, you know. But he kind of has to be if he's going to, Date somebody on a reality television show. Yeah. I'd rather he be charming than sort of like weird on camera. You yeah. Know I'd I mean? rather him not be skittish. <laughs> yeah. Sutton Air Commercial goes, the first date you would just want to see that they're not freshly out of prison. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, yeah. And so like, she's, but you can tell she's very comfortable with him. Like, I mean, she's comfortable enough to bust out the ocean spray in front of him and like, and all that. So like, I think they have a good, whether, you know, whether, I don't know if it's lasting. I don't know if like, um, they're still dating, but like, I thought they had a really good banter with each other and a great dynamic. And well, it was she really says cute. it. She says it in her confessional. Whether this is lasting or not, I'm now comfortable doing this. I'm yeah. out here exploring this and having fun. And honestly, I love to see her in this environment. It is so nice to see her just not have to deal with all the stress and the the conflict within the group mm-hmm. and to just see her shine as a person. That's what I really love about these scenes. Yeah. She got her purse is a Celine, the, like the artist for the purse of Celine. And he goes, Celine Dion makes purses now, which is like a little gay coded. So I was, all, that was the Who other doesn't thing. doesn't know Celine Dion? I guess like, you know, but just also him being interested in the purse was also generally like, okay. Um, well, but he also knows that she's into fashion. Sure. That, yeah, that's fair. So it's nice that he's paying attention to the things about her that are communicating the things that she's interested in. Yeah. Like that. that is a good sign. Yeah. And they play darts together. And uh, he says, I think we should have nicknames like the hammer. You can call me the hammer if you want. I was like, okay, sir. That was a little... A little sexual, sir. We'll get to what Sutton says later at Anna Marie's party. I I think Sutton does say in the after show as well that he he was maybe a little too forward, like in some of the communications. So like that's maybe an example of it. But still, really lovely scene and a good way to cap off this sort of story for Sutton too. I yeah, think, in many ways. Okay, so we then go to Kyle's house and Kyle and Mo are having drinks by their bar. Kyle's non-alcoholic because she's not drinking. Um. Uh, Kyle goes. I was gonna have a session with Jamie tomorrow. You know, it's been a you know real source of like comfort for me. I don't know if you picked up on this. It, she like starts to talk about like sort of like this. She's very like she's like stopping herself and starting again and stopping herself. And she seems she seems very hesitant. And I think it's I think it's partly because of the camera. I think like which I understand like kind of like she was in that scene with Kyle in her kitchen or not Kyle Kim uh, Kim yeah yeah yeah. It's like. I, I think it's partly that, but I also I, I don't know what combination of it is that and what combination of it is like the like I think she's also trepidatious to communicate with Mauricio generally in term because she seems talks about feeling unheard a lot like and but I also would argue that you still need to do that. We'll get to it where it's like I think you're losing the sight of like what therapy is for. Right. Like I feel that a lot through this conversation. Kyle goes, even though we've been so good about, you know, talking in these sessions, I still find that I'm like, you know, I want to talk about this. Like, when are we going to be meeting with Jamie next? And Mo goes, well, it becomes fun. And Kyle goes, I wouldn't say fun. It feels good. Like, I wasn't laughing at those sessions. Like, I wouldn't use that adjective. You know, it just feels good. And Mo goes, love that adjective. Like, it's, again, a little, like, it's, there's such an awkwardness with them that we haven't seen in the past. And it really does feel like they are not, are out of love with each other. Like genuinely, like there is no sort of like chemistry or connection right now, but also like her being like, I can't wait to, there are moments, I'll have moments where it's like, Oh, I really can't wait to talk about this in our session. But you also should be communicating outside of the therapy room. Right. Right. Like that, like the part, part of couples therapy is also giving you the tools in which to communicate better in your real life. 
Right. And so if you're not doing that, if you're just holding everything until therapy and then you vent it out, I would argue that's just as not healthy. Well, here's the the issue that I have seen a lot with with the way Kyle has talked about, well, we're not a toxic couple. We don't fight. We don't yell at each other. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. It's still toxic, even if you're not screaming at each other. But also fight for your marriage. Right. What are you fighting about? Like, well, but not even that. If you're just both being polite and cordial to each other, I would say that your marriage is dead. Yeah. There's a chance when you're at each other's throats because you are fighting to save your marriage. Yeah. You are fighting tooth and nail to hold on to the love that you have for each other. But when you are both doing this blasé, passive, polite, cordial thing, it's dead in the water. Right, because it's not real. Like, well, yeah, like your, your motivation is to get to the next day. Yeah. It's not to save your marriage. You like the second that you see something that you see this slipping away should spur you into action. And instead, both of you have laid back and just let it deteriorate. Right. Like. Fight for your fucking marriage. And it's just like you build contempt. And I feel like that's what I felt in this conversation. There was like underlying contempt between kind of both of them to a certain extent like mo goes like having a session with him like helps me be more in tune with myself and kyle goes i hope it helps you kind of reflect like like you know, like which is like okay and then like mo like like grabs a chip or something to eat and he has a mouthful of food and goes well that's what i mean by like being in tune and kyle goes i'll let you finish that bite it's just a little like he, it's it's a, it's those points where it's like everything annoys you right in a yeah. relationship and like everything like pisses you off Mo goes, it's helping us. I think we're in a way better place. And like, yeah, it's, I don't think you are. Mo talks about how busy they have been. And like, he's like, you know, we're both growing. We're both changing. We're about to be empty nesters. And Kyle goes, we're not empty nesters yet. You keep saying that. And Mo goes, from your perspective, you're looking at today. I'm looking at what tomorrow is going to be going to look like. And I'm like, but you all, Kyle, you had just said with Sutton that like, you're thinking about the fact like there's going to be a point where my kids are gone. And also he said, we're about to be empty nesters, not we're empty nesters. The nest is empty. There's no one there. But that's what I mean. It's like, it's the things where it's like, she's fighting him on everything. Right. Sort of like, you know, I, that's, that's, I mean, it's not good on his part, but I like it just shows a sign that you're not communicating properly. That's right. That's the after effect of that. And like Kyle says, a confessional. I sometimes feel frustrated that I'm not being heard. I'm not going to stay in a situation that I'm not happy in. The things that I wouldn't want my daughters to accept, I'm not going to accept for myself. But what? What is he not hearing? Because I haven't heard you say anything. Right. That's the. That's what. Yes. Yes. That is what the frustration is. It's like you. It can't be that he's not hearing you when you're not saying it as plainly as you want it to be said. Like, say it plainly. Like, and I know that I'm coming to this from the position of an autistic person who misses a lot of subtle cues and communication and whatnot. But like, if you want something from me, fucking say it. If you want me to, you know, um, take your plate to the sink, 
ask me to take your plate to the sink. If you want me to pick up uh, a dozen roses on the way home from work, tell me I would like you to pick me up some roses on the way home from work. Right. Not offhandedly going, you know, roses are pretty. Right. And it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to solve a riddle yeah. to figure out what you want from me. Yeah. Just fucking tell me. And then if I don't do that, then that's on me. Yeah. But you have to tell me. And I, I know that that's like, that's my experience with that sort of thing. I, I'm not saying that that's Mo, but I do know that a lot of men operate more in direct communication, and that is more the vein that men communicate in. Right. And a lot of times, those of us who are more emotional in our communications will sometimes communicate, will communicate, what was that emphasis? <laughs> Uh, will communicate that way and then it's not picked up. Yeah. So if you're not getting the results you want, change your action. Yeah. And it, I, it was just so sad because they and like they're holding hands and, and Mo goes, we've never throughout this process stopped loving each other. Kyle doesn't say anything in the affirmative of that. She like kind of nods, but it's like, it's kind of in the vibe where she's not agreeing that with that. Yeah. And I think they have fallen out of love. And she like goes, I and, think she has. Yeah, she goes, anyway, so, yeah, yeah. it's hard to tell whether Mauricio has, you're right, but it's like. Because it, I don't, because I don't think she has communicated her issues in a way that he understands, I don't think he realizes the issue is as big as it is. Right. And so he's like, well, yeah, we're going through something, but everything will be fine. Exactly. And she's like. I'm literally like drowning fucking my friend. That's half my age (laughs) because I'm not getting an emotional connection from you. Yeah. I'm out getting random tattoos for no reason other than to get an emotional reaction. And And as much as like, yes, she should be communicating. Like you said, he isn't picking up on that. He hasn't, he isn't picking up on that. She has supplemented him. Well, but yes, but also not that, not just that she supplemented him, but also that she has, she's acting out. Right. She's acting like a teenager in a lot of these ways. Yeah. Like she's like acting in a way in order to get in trouble because any attention is better than no attention. Right. Because he has been neglecting her at the end of the day. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things on both sides of this that need to get better. But until she tells him, you have been neglecting me and you do not pay me the amount of attention that I need to feel loved, he is not going to get that. So he has, she has to say that. Yeah. Those words in that order. I agree. Um, Anna Marie is getting ready for her Diamonds and Champagne Mother's Day brunch. God, they really have done jack shit with Anna Marie this season, honestly. Honestly. We get one scene with her family. We get the fucking three weeks of esophagus gates. 
We get this one party that she's done. I don't think we're going to get anything in the finale because most of it's going to be consumed with the post-production stuff with Kyle Mauricio. Where was this fight we were supposed to get between her and Crystal over her transphobic husband? Yeah, where was that? I would have much preferred that shit. Yeah, I didn't need three weeks of esophagus gate. No. Like, I didn't need two weeks of are you a nurse or are you a doctor? Yeah, I don't see how Anna Marie gets brought back. I don't I, either. Um everyone's getting ready for it. Dorit is FaceTiming PK, uh, who's out of the country. And Dorit goes, baby, it's Mother's Day this weekend. Where do you think you're going to be back? And PK goes, you know, I'm involved here. I have a lot going on. I'm going to get back as soon as I can. Which, like, what does that mean? Like, what is this, again, what is this job where it's just like, I don't know, like, it depends. In complete opposition to Mauricio and Kyle, Dorit is screaming at the top of her lungs what she needs for PK, and PK's literally going, fuck you, I'm not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, truth be told, baby, Mother's Day is what was never really a big thing in England. So fuck you, I'm not doing it. I would have been, like, been like, I know my accent's a certain way, but we're in America. <laughs> As Erica said, I'm from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true though she is whatever <laughs> Dor- Dorit goes Mother's Day should be acknowledged and PK goes you're not my mother I would have fucking reached through the phone and grabbed him and she goes no I'm your children's mother and I would like for you to make a concerted effort it's like that is so- <laughs> like, PK sucks like D- Kyle I know it's bad but like you could have you could have PK right now <laughs> like jeez Ugh. Um, guests start arriving to uh, Anna Marie's party, and Anna Marie has a jeweler there, Jason of Beverly Hills. You were like, "What is that title?" It's like, oh, it's his shop. Like, <laughs> it was like Jason, and then underneath Jason said Jason of Beverly Hills, and I was like, "Pretentious much? <laughs> what? That's his lower third." Yeah. And I, I will. <laughs> this is I will say it's very Beverly Hills. It's very rich and fucking. Oh yeah. I will give Anna Marie that. It's not some chintzy ass fucking party, except for the drinks. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, she has these like millions of dollars like jewelry out, and it's God. It's such a Beverly Hills thing. It's just like you get to. Do they? Was anyone buying jewelry, or was it they were just wearing it and then giving it back? No, they they could. There was someone there to buy from. Jason, Jason, you could buy from. Oh, okay, because he because Anna Marie tells Garcelle he brought that for you three point five million. He flew it in from Tokyo. Is this like giant diamond necklace? It's ridiculous. Wild. And Garcelle goes, "Are you single?" <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I can make it way cheaper. Don't worry." <laughs> Eric, I love Eric. That man don't want you. No. That man is homosexual. Oh, you think? He runs a jewelry store, babe. Sure, fine. I mean, maybe there's straight men who like the finer things in life. And, I guess. Um, someone, I guess, dropped a glass on like the way in or something. Erica sees it walking and goes, "Somebody already fell out. Good party." <laughs> <laughs> but she's talking to Garcelle at one point, and there's a ring that's a million dollars. Which is like, fuck off with that. Why? Well, and it's it's that like it's a canary diamond. It's like yeah. a yellow canary. Oh, fucking gorgeous. Very pretty. That thing's fucking huge too. It. Like, it's like an iPhone on your finger. It's <laughs> gigantic. And then Garcelle goes, that is the ring where you have to give a BJ every day. And Gar- Erica goes, gladly. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
also as this is happening, Sutton's late. <laughs> and the reason Sutton's late is that they're trying can't even get out of the house because they're struggling to like get stuff together. Avi has poured her a roadie. <laughs> with her. I don't know what here's the thing. Sutton is leaning into the alcohol stuff because like which uh, credit to her, she's doing it in front of the camera. It's not like she's hiding it. You're not beating those alcoholic uh, accusations. Right, but it'd be one thing if like she drank off camera and came in drunk. She's like, right. I'm just drinking. Like clearly. And, and to be fair, she has never showed up to any event like this. Right. I also believe she's a light pretty lightweight. Yeah. Like I think she's one and is a little tipsy. Like and which I'm that way, by the way. Yeah. Like, I can't drink multiple drinks. Um, Meanwhile, I can pour them back and not feel them. I, I, yeah, it's it's a problem. They're about to get in the car, and Sutton goes, "Do I have sunglasses?" And Avi goes, "For the love of God!" And has to go back in the house. And he comes back and goes, "Pick a sunglasses already. You're making me mashugana." <laughs> This is what I'm saying. They have a banter. Yeah. They're fine. It's great. Um, Crystal and Dorita arrived together. I really, I loved Crystal's look. I think this was the most beautiful Crystal's look. I love the little like tendrils in her hair. Well, I liked her hair up because it shows off her neck. She's got a great neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I mean, but it's like long I know and what slender, you mean, but just that sentence. And, it's, and it makes her look very poised and regal. Yeah. And it's. Just, it, it looks really good. Like, I like the hair up like that. And, oh, my God, Sutton's struggling to get up the stairs into this house. She goes, where's the handrail? All the people with no handrails in the city. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be an issue if you weren't, like, tilted. Right. She literally, the guys who have, sh- like, champagne at the door, one has to, like, help her up the stairs. Jeez. Um, Sutton says that she brought, tells everyone she brought a roadie. Garcelle goes, they got drinks here, too. And Sutton goes, I'm naughty today. i wonder if like this is the day that christian left and like that's why she was well she was like i just want to have fun i don't like she's not doing it to maybe maybe she is coping with it but she's not expressly saying like i'm doing it to cope you know what i mean like and she'll say like i had a bad day i'm gonna have a drink like you know uh she says her confessional i just want to loosen up and have fun y'all can go drink corbell (laughs) <laughs> because you know i'm not drinking that stuff <laughs> it's, yes corbell is cheap as shit like it, it's it's literally grocery store shit which i don't mind grocery store shit but it's just so weird to have that with million dollar necklaces like right like uh, like i'm the bitch who drinks what is what was that stuff called that we get all the time that marlo had i don't know event? what it's, i don't know what it's called but it's a blue well, it's like stella luna it's like a bl- it's a blue bottle with a white label with a white label and it's got like a moon on it when marlo did her late archive opening party like two seasons ago it's exactly what she had it there like and we were like oh shit we were like this is the shit we drink and we get it at the grocery store but it's good it goes down great like the brute is good if you like a dry drink i'm not one for a dry drink but like my favorite wine is the chillable red from franzia the boxed shit that's my favorite so i'm not gonna like yell at you for doing cheap wine but Come on, this is literally called diamond, uh, diamonds, <laughs> diamonds and champagne. Well, and uh, Anna, like, Mar- what is- Anna Marie on the after show is also bragging that the party planner also does stuff with like major celebrities and stuff like that. It's like, but they got Corbell. Like, also, I'm pretty sure Corbell is not made in Champagne region of France, so it's not Champagne. No, it's That's not. sparkling wine, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be bougie, be bougie. There is a difference. Uh, Erica uh, says, because uh, they're all by the jewelry. Erica goes, what did you buy, Sutton? And Sutton goes, I'm working on a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need a payment plan for those. No. 
That's uh, pocket change. Well, that bracelet she was looking at was like three sixty five, three hundred sixty five thousand. Oh, that's nothing. Yeah, no. It, like I said, it's pocket change for her. Like that's like what half of your monthly divorce settlement. Yeah. Come on. Er- Erica says her confessional. I love diamonds, but I've had enough fights about jewels for a minute. I love putting it on. It's beautiful. Here you go. I don't want to have any more fights in the court about a fucking rock. And I'm like, I'm just going to ignore you said that. Okay. We're going to let's, let's forget about the diamond earrings. Okay. But also like good realizing that, you know, like you should not be involved in buying a lot of expensive shit right now. I guess. Yeah. Um, Sutton is, pour- Sutton is pouring her glass in the fucking kitchen and literally pours so much alcohol in that short glass. And she goes, Oh, well that might be a little bit too much. And has to pour half of it out, <laughs> but that's, she's doing it in front of a camera to where it's yeah. like, I don't think it's like a problem. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Crystal tells Erica, how are you feeling after the trip? And Erica goes, you were the one person to say that I'm sorry that I contributed to your pain. And I'm very grateful because I would like some other people to say that. And I'm like, all right, okay. <sighs> Fuck. Um, I cr- oh, both of us cracked up laughing because Anna Marie goes up to Crystal and goes, can I steal you for a minute, Crystal? And, and Erica goes, oh, God. <laughs> Just vocally, like, out in the middle of everybody. And then as they leave, like Sutton tells him, can I call Christian and he'll pay for this? And Erica goes, no, he won't. Just send him the bill. <laughs> no, it's <that's>, Mother's Day. <laughs> it's Oh, well, there you go. Okay. But no, that's the wrong. Yeah. She's the mother of your children. Child? Children? How many kids? She has two. Together? Okay. Yeah. She has children. a son and daughter. Yeah. Um, Crystal and Anna Marie go to decide to talk. Um, Crystal thanks her for being there for her in Spain. Um, and he's like, yeah, this has just been going on for quite a while with us. It's also only been like three weeks. They should, like, Well, but that's half of her time on the show. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's only been on six episodes. Or it's something. like the whole season. Um, he's like, I'm glad they made up. I just, cause I moved on and didn't care, but I was just like, whatever. I'm not but, invested. But what really got me is that all five of the other cast members literally were sitting there on the back, like leaning against the back of that couch and going, we're not paying attention. And then like eavesdropping on that conversation, like leaning to where they could hear and see around the corner. Yeah. It it just, it was this rare moment of like, everyone's on the same page. Everyone's having fun together. And I was like, oh, this, I love this, this right here. Yeah. This is fun. They send Kyle to go check on them. And, and then Erica goes, oh, now they're hugging. They're hugging. And Kyle goes back. He's like, they're hugging. And Kyle goes, I had one job, Erica. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, but Kyle literally goes, okay, I'm going to act like I'm going to go get a drink. Okay, I'm going to go get a drink. (laughs) It's like, you're not a good actor. Yeah, and Erica (laughs) goes, now they're walking towards the cheese. (laughs) Um, Dorit asks Sutton about, uh, she goes, tell me about your date. And Sutton goes, we went to the Surly Goat. We played darts. When she says they play darts, Kyle gives this wide-eyed look, and they play, like, the shade music. I'm like, why is that shady? Like, again, it's, like, just because it's not, like, a fancy restaurant and, like, whatever. Like, this is what Sutton likes. Yeah. She's a southern lady. Yeah. She likes a dive bar and a good drink. <laughs> Sutton goes, he said you look very beautiful. 
And then he said, you know, we haven't kissed yet. Apparently he texted this to her that we haven't kissed yet. And Erica goes, he wants a blowjob, honey. <laughs> My favorite moment is when someone says like so vulgar on this show and then they cut to a random person. They cut to the security guard who's <laughs> watching the fucking diamonds. <laughs> Sutton says their confessional, he just wants a kiss. I just want to know someone before I do anything like that. And also see a health certificate. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. I, 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 honestly, at this point. Uh, Erica says, can we get him over here and get the ring and then you'll blow him? And Dorica's, I don't know how you good, how good you are. I'm just saying. Kyle might be the best out of all of us. I was like, okay, the Kyle joke is funny. Like, fine. But again, like going back to like the, uh, the Taco Tuesday, Dorit doesn't know how to joke. Like, I'm no. just being like, I don't think you're good at blowjobs, Sutton. It's like, I need them to lay off Sutton. But also, how would you have any way to know that? Well, they make the joke about her small esophagus. Like, in that, like. Uh, okay. And bitch got a whole mouth before you get to esophagus. <laughs> she got a tongue. She got hands. You can do a lot with tongue and hands. I, okay. I'm just saying. All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> I can't with I fuck. I'm just saying that don't mean shit. Oh Jesus. Um, where? Fuck. Oh, that took me out. Um, so they all sit down uh, elsewhere on like the couches. Um, and Dorit asks how Crystal and Anna Marie are. And they're like, yeah, we're moving forward. Erica takes this as her moment. And Erica goes, I think all of us really like each other. But I would love if we stood up for each other more. And I'm like, okay, where is this going? You knew. You knew where it was going. She goes, and that's why I want to say something on my heart that I talked about in therapy. I went through something very tough recently. Like, <laughs> like just say the dwarves and the, the stuff. Whatever. She goes, I pulled myself out of it. Things are good, but when I look at it on the other side, I think I was disappointed that certain people, and I would say the group as a whole, were not there for me. I'm, I'm, all, I, it's not as performative, but Erica has such a voice. Like it's just so hard to uh -huh. not say that. Like she goes, half of me wants an apology from certain people in this group, and I cracked up laughing because Sutton then points to herself. <laughs> <laughs> she's she, so drunk <laughs> and she goes that did not believe in me and, and Sutton, Sutton raises her hand <laughs> <laughs> she goes the other half of me says no if they wanted to apologize they would I'm like, oh, and right. then Dorit the hit dog will holler yeah she goes yeah but Erica you genuinely don't believe that I was supportive because <laughs> of course it's about Dorit. Like Erica goes, Dorit is the Sheena of this cast. Oh, for sure, so Sheena. I just made that connection. Erica goes, when we were at Kathy's dinner, and you said that you know, but we're all dragged into it, and they show the flashback of it. Like, which again, I think Erica, you need to recognize that yes, like them being on a show like this they are going to be questioned as much as you are. Maybe not as much, like, from a legal perspective, but, like, they're going to get questioned a lot. Yeah. Like, sorry, that's what the case of it. And they were questioned a lot. Yeah. Dorit goes, but that one line, that 18 months of all the other support, that means nothing? And Erica goes, I didn't say that. Dorit then says her confessional, it was very difficult to support her. She was not making it easy. She had no empathy. She couldn't talk about it. Meanwhile, every two seconds, there was a new article about something that was so damn shocking. Yet still, Kyle and I, we had blind support. Blind! It was not easy. 
<laughs> Which it's crazy for her to just be like, we had blind support for her, which she would never admit years ago, right? No. Like she would act as though she was like, you know, it was whenever, it, whatever situation she was in. But it's like, yeah, like also for you to be like, she had no empathy, but yeah. Kyle does this later where she kind of throws Garcelle and Sutton under the bus of being like, well, Garcelle and Sutton had a separate issue. Like, we never didn't believe you. Which is bullshit. Which is not true. Watch the meeting when you guys first got together after the trip, um, wherever they were, when the uh, news article, when the LA Times article came out. Like, y- like you Palm were... Palm Springs. Yeah. Because they were at Kyle's other's house. You and Dorit were questioning whether or not Erica was being truthful. Yeah. You were. Sorry. Like, whatever after the fact. But, like, don't act as though you never were worried about it. Like, come on. Uh, yeah. And she's, Kyle says, I never doubted that you didn't know anything. And I said that to everybody and anybody that would listen to me. And Sutton face, like, squints because she knows she's bullshit, full of shit. But, like, she's not going to call her out. One, because she's too drunk. And two, like, it just doesn't well, work. She's also just tired of fighting about this. Yeah. Garcelle then tells Erica. I didn't want you to fall, but I had an opinion. And I'm going to stick to that forever. I thought the forever part was slightly harsh. Um, But I also understand what Garcelle is saying. Mm -hmm. She's saying, yes, I had thoughts when things were happening and stuff was molding. And yes, I had opinions. But it doesn't mean that I hoped that it was true. It doesn't mean that I wanted you to suffer or fail. And I think that 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 she could still stand on that and have that opinion and still apologize apologize for for the fact that Erica didn't feel supported. Yeah, I think those are two separate things. And I think if I also think Erica could have clarified. Yeah. Like and 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 say like I just didn't feel support, and that's right. That can be separate from that. Well, and that's and and. Sutton literally is apologizes. She goes, I am apologizing to Erica because I think I caused a lot of hurt and blame that was not yours. And Erica goes, thank you. I appreciate you acknowledging that. And, and then like Erica tears up and goes, it never had to be this way, <laughs> which it's just like Erica's a performer, like I said, but like, you know, yeah, Sutton's at least, I actually think Sutton's genuine. Like, yeah. I don't want to hurt her. Well, and, and Kyle or uh, Crystal was too, because Crystal never apologized for saying you should have given the diamonds back. You were fucked up and not doing this. Yeah. She apologized for contributing to pain. Right. Which I think is, say what you will about what a valid apology is and what isn't. I think if you know that you did the right thing, but you know that it still caused harm, that there is a way to apologize for how someone was hurt and impacted. Yeah. By your actions, even if you still to feel like you did the right thing. And I think that that's what Crystal and Sutton both said. And I think that Garcelle probably feels the same way, but did not voice that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kyle then goes, Erica, I know that I was defending you. If you didn't feel that enough, I'm sorry. God, Kyle just sucks at apologies no matter who it is. Okay. Um, that's just a terrible apology. I'm sorry. Yeah, because what Kyle said was, it's your fault for not feeling supported. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, I didn't make you feel supported. Yeah. 
It's just, yeah. Erica says her confessional, I'm never going to get the apologies that I want from everyone, but I've received a lot of closure. This is better than I expected. And it's really nice for Sutton to acknowledge her behavior. And then uh, on the after show, Erica's just like, well, and then she made the comments about my ticket prices, which we, we I think they need to get off their high horse about that. She was responding to a, a questioner that made a shady question. She made a joke just in the same way that you were asked a shady question at BravoCon about Dorit's or that who was going to get divorced. And you made the comment about Dorit and PK and you said it yourself. You were performing or whatever. But Sutton isn't allowed to perform. Whatever. And also, Kyle, get off your fucking high horse about it, too. It's yeah ridiculous anyways overall i do agree that this was a great episode of beverly hills and we got the finale next week we're going to see the pickup stuff after the colin mauricio news breaks like so yeah it's going to be a pretty big finale um should be very interesting to see um we're going to take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of real housewives of miami don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on over to Florida where Michael Jordan definitely approves of Marcus and Larsa's relationship on Real Housewives of Miami. Babe, he was laughing. <laughs> he, you, was, you, he was laughing when he said that. You don't understand. He was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, Real Housewives of Miami for this week. Can we, should we start? We'll, let's just start with this too because like uh, with, and it's convenient with what ends the episode. Like, so... It happened like mid this week that like Larsa and Marcus then apparently split up, but now we're maybe back together because they've been caught at a flower shop. And also Larsa may have a new ring. 
But like, like what? It, like, and it was so like public and like messy. Where like Larsa unfollowed him and then made like a cryptic and, post. Well, and he unfollowed her too, and then he made this post about watching the the Super Bowl with like all the important people in his life or something, and yeah. it was just him and his dad. And it and it was like, what is happening? And then on Valentine's Day, they are refollowing each other now. And they're seen out shopping together, and apparently she ends up with new jewelry, and there's flowers and all these things. It's like, girl. I guarantee you if this gets brought up at the Traders reunion, she's going to be like, what happened? Everything's fine. Everything, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> no, Michael's great. Like, like, oh my God. It's, it's Michael's the one that bought me the new ring. <laughs> right. Like, it's very delusional. And like, but I mean, it's Larsa. Um, okay, so let's get into the episode. They're getting ready for their last day. Uh, in Mexico and and getting makeup done and all that to go out. Lisa calls Jody and she goes, "Hey babe, I haven't showered yet. I feel like I'm mentally paralyzed right now," <laughs> which is just a such a sentence. But also she says, "I have not showered yet." As, she, as she's in the makeup chair. I was like, "Are you going to not shower? Like what are you, you going to put a bag over your head to take a shower? What are we doing? <laughs> are we going to play Space Cadet?" And also she's about to get on a plane too. Like she's going to leave at one point to go on a plane back to the U.S. Right, because like, she has to leave early. It's like because she's getting deposed the next day. Those poor people, <laughs> like, and or you has were, a hearing. I'm sorry. Something. Yeah, you should have been showering. You were just on a boat with, on a motherfucking with boat. a bunch of dead baby dolls <laughs> and like the stench dead of body and the stench of death is all around you. Like, <laughs> take a shower. Uh, anyways, so Lisa has signed the marital uh, settlement agreement, but she's basically unsure if Lenny has signed his end, and so there's worry of like. You know, am I going to have to go to court, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff she's talked about. Um, Nicole comes into Lisa's room to check on her. Uh, Lisa goes, I'm dealing with more fights than I can handle. And Nicole goes, look, your brain is wired in fight mode, and it's hard to expect that you come to Mexico with your girlfriends and turn that off. Nicole is, I'm sorry, Nicole is so fucking smart. Like, she really is. Like, for, I, it's such a, di- we were talking, like, throughout the season, how it's such a difficult thing to communicate, like, sort of like a, positive message to lisa that it's not like you know being like yeah you have a right to just vent wherever you want or whatever like we're not you know what i mean nicole is like the only one that's like able to do it like but also it's because of her amazing therapist uh, like we have talked about how her therapist has helped her deal with her dad um but like also apparently is giving her language to then therapize Lisa. Right. And not in a way that's like condescending. Right. And I think it's also her doctor background probably too, in a way that helps that. But it's like, yeah, like whoever her therapist is, like I was going to say, give me the number, but I probably can't afford it. Um, (laughs) I can afford a regular therapist, but like this is Nicole's therapist. That therapist gets paid in yachts. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, Nicole asked if, you know, you know, do you have any support from like your family? And Lisa's like, so my mom is like coming in next week from Canada. Lisa tells her, I don't even think my parents are divorced legally. Like even when we were all living under the same roof, my mom always slept in another room. I don't think they knew how to do it. Maybe they wanted to stay for the kids. And it's like, it's so, it's so like, Nicole's like, isn't it crazy when you like learn about your family story, like how it like shapes your life. And it's like, yeah, once you hear this from Lisa's like, end, like, yeah, that makes perfect it's fucking like, sense. Oh, oh, god damn it! It explains so much, and yeah. she she talks about how she left home at sixteen, 
and she would be staying with boyfriends, families. And right. so, like, a lot of them would take her in. And she's like, maybe it stems from daddy issues. Like, I always just felt protected by them. And it makes so much more sense, I think. It makes sense in terms of, like, why she is so wanting, like, the house from Lenny. Like, to build the house and, like, that certain level of support because she doesn't know a realm in which she can't have that. But also why the betrayal of his mom hurt so bad that's also true yeah. because she's used to becoming a part of his family and they act as her family right that's that's very astute yeah like i think it, there's a depth that lisa as terrible as the last couple of episodes have been for her like and you could argue a lot of this season like she redeemed herself i think this episode and that yeah. and again it's what i like about miami they can always rebound yeah. um yeah so Nicole says, like, I feel like my dad is like a child. Like, you know, he has never really assumed the role as a parent to this day, which we see like very clearly. And so it's like when you like when that dynamic is fucked up, it fucks a lot of stuff up. Like, yeah, it's very true. Um, and Nicole says she does want to meet with her dad's girlfriend. And that's basically the plan when they go back to the States. So, yeah, we'll get to that scene. That was something. Um, Gertie is, has a really bad chest cough, so she's not going out with them. And she doesn't go out with them later to dinner, so it's like she's just out of it. Like, this yeah. whole episode, um, which sucks. Again, like, what is it? Like, what, like, housewives' trips are cursed. I'm sorry. Well, but her immune system is also shot. That's probably part of it, yeah. So, like, any bug that walks down the street, she's going to pick up. Yeah. Um, everyone meets in the lobby before they go out. Lisa and Kiki do say hi to each other and they hug and like, like normal. Right. So I, which I thought was good. Like, and Kiki's like, I don't like to hold grudges. You know, hopefully she can recognize she did something wrong and maybe she will apologize, but who knows? So like, you know, in, in terms of that, they load into the sprinters. I love Nicole tells Lisa, notice Lisa that Kiki said hi to you and was not confrontational. Like, like a parent, right? Just be like, (laughs) which is so, I mean, you shouldn't have to do that with Lisa, but like, yeah, but it's what the, what, what's been the case, like for a lot of the season, Lisa goes, it just hurt my feelings. Like to find out that your friends are like annoyed with you, which I get. And that's always been the precarious thing with this whole dynamic right now, where it's like, they can't be honest. And so therefore... Yeah, and and it doesn't help that they've been attacking each other at certain points during this season about whether or not they should be honest and to what level they should be honest. And so, like, the rest of the group has been fighting over Lisa without Lisa even being there. Yeah, that's So it true. makes Lisa even more irritating. Right. Uh, Kiki tells the other girls in the other van, look, I'm willing to have a conversation with Lisa. I just want her to be more involved. Like, ask me questions about my life. And Alexia goes, good luck with that. I don't think that's ever going to (laughs) happen. Which I get, like, I get, it's harsh what Alexia and Marisol say here, but it's also true. Like, I, I, it's true. Marisol's like, like, I told Lisa, like, at the Pride event, like, I'm doing this vow renewal with Steve. We're going to go to Scotland and stuff like that. And she said, who are we talking about? We see the clip of it. And Marisol's like, Steve. Like, like, what the? Like she, I would, I would like to think that it's because Lisa doesn't have the bandwidth for anything else. But I don't think it's any different when she's in a good state of mind. Right. I don't. I from what I known of, even like in before the reboot or whatever. Like I don't think that she was ever like a very like sort of like interested in other people and like sort of like just being like, what are you going through? Like I don't. 
Yeah. I don't see that really in her. Uh, Marvel's was like, she's in her own world. Alexia says in the conf- confessional, Lisa is only about Lisa. I think she suffered that all of her life, hoping once she leaves this stage in her life, she's going to be less selfish. But I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> so maybe it's not a Lenny thing. That's my question. It's like, I, I, think, I think we can all conclude Lenny's terrible, but I do think there has been some doubt now of like, what is simply because of the Lenny issue and what is also Lisa's personality. And I think we won't really know that for a couple more years. Probably, yeah. Um, the ladies all go shopping in some of the shops in Mexico City. This took me back because I used to go to Mexico for vacation all the time, and so this was, like, so nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. When when It was a little thing, but when Nicole had the little, like, Jacob's Ladders or whatever, like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I literally would, like, pl- like play with those as a kid in Mexico. It's, yeah. Just a little thing. Um, Lisa goes, wear stuff for, like, little babies. Like, baby? And she does, like, the rocking a baby motion. I don't know how to say it in Spanish. It's like, oh, my God, Lisa. How do you, like, you're in Miami. Like, so many people in Miami speak Spanish. Also, it's Pempino. Well, yes. But, like, like you and you, and you have, like, Spanish-speaking people around you in the cast. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Um, I think it's Pempino, right? Probably. That sounds right. Google will tell me. <laughs> um, so they're shopping. There's a woman at a stand who has a sample of crickets that they can eat, and which I know is a thing. Like it's, I, I couldn't do it because it's just like bug. No, no, thank you. Um, Alexi goes, I brought you girls to Mexico for the experience as, and trying to encourage Kiki to eat it. And Kiki goes, did you have one? And Alexia pulls a face like, and she goes, I get my protein a di- different way. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, wow. Lord. I, I mean, Kiki does too. Kiki makes like a, a putting weird things in her mouth joke as well. Um, but she does eat the cricket. Um, at one point as they're shopping, Kiki does go up to Lisa to talk. And she, <laughs> I love Kiki goes, I'm going to take off my glasses to show that you that, that I'm sincere. <laughs> I you- mean, yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Bambino is one way to say baby. Perfect. Um, but, um, it reminds me of um, on New York where Uba oh, right, right, was right. like, we need to see eye to eye. Like, that makes sense to me. Like, we need to be able to see each other's eyes so that we know we're sincere, so that we are being real with each other yeah. and being respectful. And in the, the boat, they both had sunglasses on. I think that's right. also kind of part of it. Kiki goes, I understand last night was heated. There was stuff that said, you know, on both sides. And I know I said some mean things. I feel horrible about it. And Lisa goes, we're both guilty of that. And she apo- and Lisa apologizes for the shut- telling her to shut the fuck up on the boat and apologizes for the whole um, childhood trauma. Like, I can't right. fix your childhood trauma coming. And I thought Lisa was genuine. I think she, like, copped to the things that she should have copped to. Like, in, every wa- in everything that she should have. I mean, I think she also should have copped to the making dispersions about the living situations of the people that she was throwing the food at the dogs. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, she did leave that part out. <laughs> like literally the whole impetus of the fight. <laughs> yeah. Lisa tells her, I'm kind of a more angry person than I've ever been. I'm fighting all the time and I'm sick of fighting. And I'm like, yeah, you do seem more angrier. And I do, yeah. think, you know, uh, Kiki's like, look, whatever you're dealing with, I pray for you. And I really care about you, Lisa. And they hug and it's sweet and they get past it. And I'm like, Good, awesome, like you know, yeah, you know, great drama, great, like really great drama this season, and now we're moved on. This is how this should be done. Yes. Um, Marisol grabs a pinata uh, for the birthday party they're gonna have for Julia and Kiki later. Uh, she goes, I love her. And her confession goes, I have some surprises up my sleeves. Pardon the lack of sleeves, because <laughs> she's in like that red bustier. <laughs> Mar- I, I, we'll get to it later. 
I think Alexia and Marisol have had such a redemption season this year. Honestly. I really think as much as, I mean, they're not perfect. Don't get me wrong, but no housewife is. No. Um, but they're funny as fuck. I actually find their humor very charming. I don't think they're so reliant on each other. I think they have their own personalities now in a way that's like, you know, yeah. fun. Um, I think the big, I think a big reason for that is the Thailand girls trip. Yeah. I think they grew up for black of, for a lack of a better term on that trip. And like, Marisol got called on some of her shit on that trip, mm-hmm. and so did Alexia, and they really got to, because they didn't have the other girls in their cast to focus on, Yeah, and they really just got to focus on their issues between each other, and you see the echo of that this season. It's, they're such, they're, their pairing is so much more healthy, and Alexia is better to Marisol and Marisol is better to Alexia and they just it's it's a lot more healthy I really really enjoy them this season I agree um Nicole and Lisa are heading saying goodbye to everyone because they're both heading back to the states early um Lisa goes look I just hope my prayers to Guadalupe Guadalupe right that she answered I'm like this is this is where I give Alexia like okay Lisa like you don't even remember the like saints in like that Alexia based a whole fucking trip around but also, like, Guadalupe is, like, such a basic name. Like, it's yeah, it's, not, really, it's incredibly common. Like, it's... In, in like, like, Mexican culture. Like, everyone has heard that name a million times in their lives. Yeah. Everyone, and probably everyone in the Eastern-speaking world, or Eastern-English-speaking world, has heard that name. Mm-hmm. So, like... You have no excuse, ma'am. Right. None. It's, it's, but it's like, I, I think it's more of a paying attention thing. I genuinely think yeah. that is. Yeah. Um, what is it? What she, uh, didn't Adriana say that Lisa has like ADHD or something? I, maybe that, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe. Like, like you know, but I mean, so do I, but I mean, you know. <laughs> And I remembered. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Fine. Um, so, okay. They're getting ready for uh, the party, uh, the birthday party. Kiki arrives to Marisol's room with a basket full of dildos. <laughs> like, and it's just so much blurring. And they're going to yeah. fill the pinata with dildos. And it, it's just fun. She does because Lenny was ex- accusing her of abusing those medications. Right. I, I remember she said something to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, can I say, I really like Marisol's look for this party. I think Marisol has a personal style that is very good i mean she's older and so it's a little more older but it's like i like the just the like pearl necklace was like this like black sort of like almost businessy kind of like vibe but it doesn't read as old no you know it doesn't read as like you went to macy's and it's that old church lady vibe it's it's very distinguished yeah and like rich yeah like it's just rich uh, it, it is rich with like forty thousand r's <laughs> um larsa is facetiming marcus uh before tragedy struck because of course <laughs> she is <laughs> and that says that she's excited to you know introduce the girls to aluha aluho yeah aluho it's weird, weirdest name they just make up names for shit her tequila company that ah. she's also going to introduce them to at this event and do a tasting of she goes i've already spent eight hundred thousand dollars on this so i need to do whatever i have to do to make sure it's the best tequila on the market i feel like that's a mistake <laughs> business-wise one for it to be that much money that you spent on this two 
I feel like tequila and just like alcohol for well, mainly tequila is such an oversaturated market right now. There's so many celebrities with their own tequilas. And you're not Hispanic, right? Like Larsa's not Hispanic in any way. She's Lebanese. I believe so. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but like I, I don't think she is now. So like, why are you doing the tequila? Yeah, she said it's her father, or I think it was her father, had a distillery in Mexico, and it was a. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get that connection. Like a family connection. Okay, fine, maybe, but like. Also, but like you said, it's oversaturated. Do like a mezcal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like Do that. Do like a Mexican beer even. Maybe like uh, like a um, something that's like, because you, you wouldn't want to do, because you're all like on the fitness thing, right? So you probably you don't want to do something that's super carb heavy, but you could do like a super light beer or something. Right. Like, I don't know, something else, something that's not something that everyone's doing yeah there's just 10 million tequilas and and celebrity like, tequilas yeah. specifically like all the tequilas do a vodka do a something else yeah they all head out into the sprinter to go out alexia says this is where alexia starts and she's like shady as fuck but i thought hilarious she says her confessional i support larsa and everything that she does i just didn't like the way that she presented it with the whole like you have a todd thing from like a couple episodes ago mm. she goes don't try to be better than me by saying i have a todd you have a you had a scotty for 23 years and by the way larsa you're getting half of scotty's retirement which like is so true like i'm sorry yeah. like it, it was such a it really was just and a you know that fight. check is not tiny no not at all for scotty motherfucking pippin <laughs> um so uh oh my god they're in the van at one point and larsa goes yeah they're, you know lisa and nicole being gone there's only five of us and alexi goes no there's six and they like count through and she goes oh i forgot about adriana and adriana's like thanks like <laughs> Adriana also is going for this like she definitely is playing up the like flower crown stuff. She's always wearing different like flower crowns. She has like a yellow one mm-hmm. for this, or she even wears it to the reunion. Yeah, and on Watch What Happens Live, which was a mess, bonkers. I think she got into Andy's coke stash. Like it was wild. She just randomly deciding to like pick a woman in the crowd to be like, "Will you be my?" Because she guess she's a lesbian now or something. But it just she's like, "If Kyle can do it too," and. I was like, Andy was so annoyed. She, it was just like, okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. Oh man, I. Whew, she's a firecracker. <laughs> um, they arrive and they meet Lars's business partners, and they start to introduce the tequila and describe it and all that. I thought it was so fucking rude. They're describing it, and Marisol ducks out to go to another bar, and she goes, "Let's get Marisol a real drink because she doesn't drink tequila." Yeah. <laughs> she, so she wants her vodka, her, her gray goose with whatever. She goes, "I don't drink tequila unless it's masked in a margarita, and even then, I don't like it. I don't like strong booze." I'm like, "Go fuck yourself!" <laughs> like. Well, okay. She doesn't like to taste it, which I get. I understand that. You don't like the taste of alcohol either. Sure. So I understand, but also like, girl. It's qu- for her, it's quantity, not 
propensity. I guess something like that. Um, they all taste. They all taste the the, the tequila. Kiki's face was like she literally goes. Brr. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great endorsement. She goes, "Holy shit, I'm gonna get drunk tonight." Um, oh my god. Larsa then goes, "I'm super excited about this." And Alexia, I know that we butted heads in the beginning. And Alexia goes, "You butted heads with me. I wasn't butting heads with you." I loved the way that Alexia handled her. And Alexia's doing this, like, passive-aggressive smile about it that's just so, like... Like, it's it's hilarious to me. But it's also unlike Alexia. Yeah, it's very... It's more smart of a fight than Alexia is known for. Yeah. Alexia just usually goes for the jugular. Larsa goes, no, I just wanted you to support me on this because I, like, work really hard. And Alexia goes, we all work very hard. We all do different things, and that's beautiful. But we all support each other and love each other. And Larsa goes, yeah, exactly. And I can't tell if Larsa was even picking up on the shade. Like, (laughs) it's so hard to tell with her. But then Alexia then has them lift their glass and goes, so cheers to you, to your cockies, to Alexia and Frankie's beauty bar, to your musical (laughs) career, to the fire. I was like, holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Everyone gets a trophy, apparently. Like, <laughs> to Julia's farm. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> to your jam business that you're going to start, apparently. We'll find out later. And I love Adriana's against me. All your dreams come true. <laughs> like, Adriana's just like, I'll go with it. Fine. To Lisa's perfume line. <laughs> Oh, man. Alexia says they're a confessional. I know she works very hard, you know, with her new tequila brand that she's been working on for two minutes. <laughs> but I would also like her to respect the fact that we all work hard. But she says she's the hustler. She's always the one working, and she's a businesswoman now. If you want my support, you got to be nice about it. <laughs> uh, again, I think I like, I like, like, Alexia is great. Like, Teresa could never do, because they no. compared them a lot. Teresa could never be this shady. No. In, you know, in uh, in such an intentional way. Larsa then says she got necklaces made and she's like, I like, I like the Aluha or whatever it's called. Oh, hula or whatever logo. And so I had them make necklaces and I love that she shows them and Alexia goes, Oh wow. That's like the brand. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's literally the brand. Like, <laughs> and then she gives them to Julia, Kiki and Alexia. Cause she only had three made. Well, she's getting the rest of them are getting made. They're they're on the way. They just haven't. They weren't ready yet. Right. But Kiki brings out the obvious, which is like, so I'm like a walking billboard. Like this is crazy. Like what you, like, like I understand if you want to give them something that's branded, make it a keychain, right, or something that's not like a prominent like sort of like this. You, this is her doing the Jen Alliance thing. This is her right. doing the like I want you to promote my fucking shit. Which Jenna did not do. <laughs> yeah. And also this clip came out and it led to like this big spat between Lars and Kiki on Instagram, which was great. Like it's just <laughs> I'm just being a friend and giving you a gift. It's like okay, girl, come on. Like now. Yeah. Also, did you clock that the logo was just the letters? Oh on top of each other. It looked like a weird like yin and yang thing almost kind of like Yeah, it yeah. It's it's not great. No, it's not the best. Um, they go up to sit down for dinner at this restaurant, but oh my god, Marisol fucking struggling to get up these stairs. She goes, "Oh my god, my thighs!" <laughs> like she was huffing it. Like it, it was as bad as Sutton was. Um, they all sit down. Alexia goes, 
I really feel like we've come a long way as a group, which I do think is true. And Adriana brings up, like, last year we had separate tables. Like, Bahamas was a shit show, and we've come a long way. And it really is. They, yeah. I forgot how bad it was. Not bad, but, like, how tense tense it was last season. And, yeah. like, again, they've mended it really well. Larsa goes, if you could take one thing from anyone at this table, what would it be? Like, what's, it, like, a good quality you could take from a person? Which is actually a fun question on Housewives that's not necessarily shady well and the way that it was phrased i was like oh so you want to steal something from someone yeah <laughs> like why is this a fun not shady what but then like i understood that it was like oh no they have this quality that i would love to have myself not yeah. take that quality from them right adriana but then takes it and makes it shady she goes if i'm gonna take anything from anyone at this table Marcus, and then she licks her glass like <laughs> pornographic. And Marisol goes, and she licks her glass like a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> and also, oh, oh my god, her on Watch What Happens Live, Andy being like, "You're not really gonna like, you wouldn't really hook up with Marcus." And she goes, "Why not?" She's a messy bitch. And this I, also three seconds after on Watch What Happens Live, they had literally both said, no, it is not okay to date your friend's ex. Right. And then like minutes later, like, it's crazy. Wild. Julia then gets messy as fuck in this dinner conversation. She goes, he's hot. Larsa, are you the jealous type? And Larsa, she knows the answer to that question. Yeah. Larsa goes, I'm jealous if it's like a disrespectful thing. And then Julia goes, and his father, Michael Jordan, approves, right? Totally open. Julia was, uh, again, she... Like, was she getting... Did she have foreknowledge of this headline that was about to happen? I know. It's crazy. Larsa goes, I mean, I posted a picture of us today, and his mom commented and gave us three hearts. Marisol goes, oh, that's good. And Alexa goes, yeah, I feel like the mom is more important than the dad sometimes in relationships. And Julia just goes, what about the dad? Yeah, because the mom's not <laughs> famous. Julia's like, answer my question. <laughs> like, it was so, like, it, it did feel like an interrogation, like, yeah. genuinely. And, like, Julia is more calculated than I think I've given her credit for this yeah. season. Like, the meeting with Marisol's ex, and so, I think there's a lot, there's a lot behind that, which I think, like, you know, good for her, because it's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, and the thing is, is she's unsuspecting. Yeah. She, she's someone you would never go, you're such a fucking shady bitch. Yeah. Like, I would never look at... I think someone literally said that this season. Like, Julia would never do that. <laughs> Cut to Julia literally doing that. <laughs> Larsa... Well, cause, so, yeah. So, Julia asked, what about the dad? Larsa goes, I mean, his dad's cool. His dad's fine. But no, he's not. And then <laughs> the, well, the conversation goes further is like... Oh yeah, you you like you like spending time. With, well, we've actually never seen each that's other not since till, we've been together. That's not till after the article comes out. Oh, is that that's not, really? That's not till pickleball. <laughs> but she, still, she leaves like, okay. she leaves that part out until. So, yeah, he's fun. He's cool. But we've never actually spent time together. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Marisol does a cheers to everyone and then tells them all to reach into the pinata to grab presents. And they have, dil obviously, the dildos. They have fun with. They're literally throwing the dildos across the table at this restaurant. At this restaurant. It's a He's very nice place. Well, and the waiters are like, again, like you were saying earlier on Beverly Hills, they literally like cut to these waiters that are seeing them throw these dildos across the room at each other. <laughs> and then they bring the cakes out for Julia and Kiki's birthday and they're shoving their face in the cakes and then they're uh, rubbing the dildos through it and smacking each other 
the face and blowing the dildos. Yeah, Kiki was like white frosting all over her face, like licking frosting off of the dildo. It was like, wow, like. Uh, okay. I was fun though. It was a fun scene and like sort of like I again it was just a good like sort of like oh this really does feel genuine and bonding and yeah. and nice. Um they head back to Miami. So we're back in Miami now. Um we see a scene with Alexia taking Frankie to meet with Lily who's the president of the De Moya Foundation because they're helping uh, him progress more sort of in terms of the independence and stuff like that. Um She's telling Lily about, like, you know, and, and they show him, like, making improvements as well, like, wor- helping work at the beauty bar and helping, you know, all that stuff. Um, Alexia talks to Lily, and she's like, I was having a conversation with Peter about Uber. He's like, Mom, we can't put my brother in an Uber. He was very upset about it. He said, Mom, you have the means to uh, to get a driver, which I think, like, I, I, I think, like, it's a, he's the thing, it's a hard thing. I think, like, there is a sort of, like, you should obviously want to be him to be as independent as humanly possible. Like, don't get me wrong, but I also understand fears that are warranted. And I think that like, it's difficult. Like it's, it's a really difficult situation. Like, well, here's the thing. I think that he can be just as independent with a driver as he can with an Uber. Yeah. With the driver also giving a level of security because you don't have to worry about that driver taking advantage of him not understanding a situation. Right. Well, and also, like, I don't know if she vocalizes it here, but I think she has in the past that part of Alexia's, like, trepidation with that also comes with the fact of, like, Frankie's accident and sort of, like, right. you have that fear that it could happen again well and you also want to trust the person behind the wheel with an uber it's just some rando yeah right i kind of lean on the side that yeah if you do have the means like you should you know yeah. um and then lily's like yeah so you're like your next at step- least in that situation right she's like your next step is to leave him at home all day though and to see how it goes which i think is you know yeah and but alexia was worried about that because they just got the new apartment it was the one that they looked at previously she was like you know there was no better options so we and we had no time so we just took it basically and so she's worried about how that's gonna look and lily tells her like and also like once he goes to work like that's it you're not going to be getting like a report card like you would normally and alexia goes now now if it's a restaurant i can go eat there and lily goes if you and i catch you eating at that restaurant where he's working i'm gonna like (laughs) lily was putting her foot down being like no absolutely not at one point at the end she goes next time don't come like like next time just leave frankie just yeah just don't come in yeah but i I think that it's i always love these scenes because they show a very sweet side of alexia yeah that i think is important um we then go to jody's house and lisa's there and they're celebrating because lenny has signed the paperwork Uh, lisa's surprised by it he's agreed to build them this like waterfront home that's like six bedrooms for her and the kids it's apparently a plan that Jody was already going to build. Yeah, he said he was And then gonna... he passed on it. And now it's like from a website, right? Right, right, right. Like, but then Jody said something about designing it. Yeah, no, he designed it with a person, but it was like, it was put out on a website, I guess, or something like that. Oh, okay. And it was because of COVID, like because of like COVID uh, stuff was okay. happening, they abandoned the project or whatever. And like J- Lenny, I guess, happened to find it and was like, oh shit. And Lisa apparently told him, like, that's Jody's plan. And you were like, don't say that. No. Like, you're going you to lo- mm-mm, lose mm-mm, it. Mm-mm. Um, don't tell him. I mean, I will say I was also shocked that he signed it. And like, also this, the way the house is looking from the model that they give, I was like, 
God, he must be rich as fuck because like, you know, and, and maybe I was like, maybe I was like, okay, Lisa, maybe you should hold out for the house. Cause like, you know, it's a good house, <laughs> really solid house. Um, I don't think she should agree to like the stuff she mentioned before about like how he was like, you can't have a partner live there or right. like, that. I, I don't think it's fair. And, yeah. And you know, it, it should be that the house is hers. He pays for it. And then her name is on the deed, not his. Right. And they still have to work out the division of assets and the parenting plan. So this is just like the first step. But this seems, I mean, you would hope, I mean, they're still not fully divorced yet to this day. But like you would hope that this part is the hard part. And so the other stuff should be simpler, you would think. But who knows? Apparently not. Yeah. Um, Nicole, we see going to lunch with her dad and oh, his girlfriend. She, again, the patience of a fucking Satan Nicole has. Nicole did this so un, like, alarmingly well. Yeah. Like, 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 she, I, I, I can't imagine she wasn't, like, boiling inside, like, the whole time. But, like, she just, like, took it as is. And it's, like, I, I give her credit for that. Like, you know. For having the maturity. You said that uh, the girlfriend's uh, was giving... Um... She was giving uh, Tanya from White Lotus to me. Like, it was just... It was very... Something about both... Something about both of them was giving that vibe. You know what I mean? Where it's like... Yeah. Um, uh, her, her name is Isis. So her dad, Mike, and Isis arrive. Um, well, I'm sorry. Mike and Isis, Mike and Ike, Mike, what? It's a great ship name. It's going to, well, I was going to say it's going to last for a while. <laughs> oh, no. No, that's bad. That's sad. Oh, that's sad. Um, did you also notice the song in the background as they walk in? It's literally like a guy going like, give me the money. I just want the money. They were the <laughs> lyrics. I was like, you shady fucking editors. Like, <laughs> but like, honestly, though. And then she says that she's the same age, 38, as as uh, Nicole. And Nicole literally takes it, oh, you're my same age. Like, like it's normal. Like, just like. I think it would have had four collective aneurysms at that point. She also gives Nicole a bag and goes, it's just a little gift for my product line. I have a natural hair and skincare line. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Of course you do. Of course. And the, but what's the name? Do a product placement. Yeah, show it for the camera. Like, my God. Um, Nicole talks to the interconfessional about how, like, the roles are basically reversed and now she's the parent, which is really, it's, yeah, like, it's, like, a, it's like a child bringing a date to, uh, introduced yeah. to a parent. It's crazy. Nicole goes, has he told you that he wants more children? And, he go, and she's like, yes, all the time. He goes, I'm going to have it with her or I'm going to have it with someone else. And Isis literally goes, excuse me? Wild. It's so, like. This man is literally. Tom Sandoval in 40 years. Oh my God. Yes. Like, again, I would, I would, I wanted Nicole and Isis to team up to chuck him off the fucking ledge. It's disgusting. Yeah. Isis goes, he literally checks my period more than I do. He, I guess he's so committed to, I really hope that didn't happen. I pray to God that didn't happen. I guess we'll find out at the reunion. The producer asked Nicole in the confessional, could you imagine if you both get pregnant and end up sharing a delivering room together? <laughs> and Nicole says, that would never happen. 
I'm getting a private room. I would buy out an entire floor of the hospital before I let that happen. And honestly, she probably could. She could buy the entire building, yeah. the entire block, all the all the area around that hospital. No one can be in there except for the people delivering her baby. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole asks him, so are you guys exclusive? And he goes, huh? And Nicole goes, did I stutter? <laughs> It's so great. And then he still didn't answer. And Isis is like, okay, but you didn't answer. Yeah. And they asked about like marriage and Isis goes, I mean, I hope so. And Nicole goes, you don't have a good rap for that, dad. He goes, I'll marry you tonight. I'm like, don't give him ideas. Like he really might do that. So yeah. like, stop. Well, but that was what he kept saying in response to the, are you, are you exclusive? Right. Well, I'll marry you. Okay. <laughs> But are you exclusive? That doesn't, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you weren't exclusive with Nicole's mom. <laughs> so. Like, how many children do you have? Right. It's crazy. Nine that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> that you know of. And Nicole ends, like, they cheers and it's just a good time. And Nicole ends in her confessional going, if he's happy and she's happy, who am I to judge? You can judge. I can tell you, you are allowed to judge, Nicole. You are very much allowed to judge this. But here's the thing. If she's fine with it, as we know, he passes um, around Thanksgiving. And obviously, she. I, I just hope she has closure. Like I said, I just hope yeah. that it's, you know, um, closure in her mind. Um, we then go and to, I pray to fucking God that he did not get Isis pregnant. I know. Or married her. Or married her. Yeah. Um, so we see Julia, uh, g delivering, uh, these guava jams that she made with Alexia to a friend of hers at a petting zoo that he owns, that she's also like sold some of her farm animals to, um, cause she's wanting to get, like she talked before about wanting to get more money in from the farm and make it more sustainable so she can keep it and like, you know, make it a product, you know, etc um and then alexia joins her uh because they've been bonding they've been making jams together it's so just like them making jam it's just like the weirdest like <laughs> they've been jamming they've been jamming gel well no that would be gelling jamming is like if you like rock out to music yeah sure there's a metaphor there somewhere. <laughs> it, send it in. Game is envy at gmail.com. Um, Julia says she wants to be the Martha, Stu Martha Stewart of farming and See? cooking jams. jamming. Yeah. Um, Julia, uh, well, they're sitting down and Adriana FaceTimes them and she invites them to this party that she's doing for her song release uh, that Emilio Estefan's producing. And it's at Emilio's hotel, I guess, that he owns. Mm -hmm. she, and this is the song that it was supposed to be for Camila Cabello. Uh, so she's. I, I love how she phrased it like, I took this from Camila. No, <laughs> she passed on this song right. and then you picked up her leftovers. Sure. But you have to, you got to spin it in a bright side kind of way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, like you could still say this song was was written for Camila Cabello, and you know I'm the one that ends up recording it. Like that's still pretty cool. Yeah, but like, don't act like you swooped in and stole it out from under her nose. That's not what happened. No. 
Adriana tells them, did you guys see the stuff that Michael Jordan said about Larsa and Alexia Gibbs? I think the world saw it. And this this Daily Mail article that came out that Michael Jordan, and they're all reading it in the confessional to where Julia, and also Julia has glasses on to read it, which is so like Detective Julia, which yeah. is great. Um, but I guess Mar- Michael did some interview and they asked about the relationship. Or they're like, do you approve of the, you know, are you happy with the relationship? Do you approve of it? And apparently he was like, ha, ha, ha. no. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but like Larsa said, he laughed. He yeah, laughed. He laughed. So it was fine. So, but, but like that laugh means something. Um, ju- yeah. Julia tells her tells uh, Adriana. I asked her straight at the dinner in Mexico. Like, I don't know if she's lying to herself or if she's lying to us. I think it's a little of both. Yeah, probably. Um, and Adriana says she's going to pickleball with her, so she has to ask her about it because of course she does. Um, I, I'm so tired of hearing about pickleball. But it wasn't. So they arrive. At, it's it's Adriana, Larson, Kiki, and they arrive. But it's not. They say it's not pickleball they're playing. It's something called paddle, which is a different thing. But then they how also, many versions of tennis are there? <laughs> well, there was already tennis and badminton, which is basically the same thing. Yeah. It's so it's like, like I'm tired, and then <laughs> table tennis exists. That at least is somewhat different. I mean, yeah, but still, like, but then there's also a shot of Kiki where she's, <laughs> where she's hitting it. And instead of like swinging at it, she's just holding it stationary and pushes her arm forward. Into the ball. <laughs> it's like, what, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I can sports ball better than that. Come on. Yeah. Um, they take a break. Larsa goes, you guys want to see the flowers Marcus got me? You know what's really sweet? One of the cards, he said, you're a great mom and wife. And Adriana goes, wife? Like, is, 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 are we manifesting something? And Larsa's just like, I don't know. It just, it just said wife. I don't know what she's trying to do there. Like, it's- Also, present that card as evidence. Cause- right, exactly. Kiki goes, hmm. I love the way they introduce it. Kiki goes, girl, you got a lot of press. Adriana goes, you guys see the video? Larsa goes, what video? Of what? <laughs> Bitch! You know what fucking video they're talking about. Kiki goes, the Michael Jordan video. And Larsa has a look, like a smile on her face of a way of just like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Um, so they, they play like literally Kiki and Adriana pull up the video and they're like, like, no, let's do it like bigger. Like, like, like how they're trying to rotate it to where it. Yeah. And Larsa goes, he was laughing and was like, no, but he was like laughing. Kiki goes, it sounds very serious when he said it. And Larsa goes, no, he was laughing. Like you can tell he was laughing. (laughs) Adriana tells her, you have no issues whatsoever. And Larsa goes, no, never. She goes, so when you guys are together with Michael Jordan, he's, like, cool with you? And she goes, I've never seen him since we've been together. Then you don't know shit! She's fucking crying. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and and she definitely did not act like that at the dinner in Mexico. Like, it's crazy. Adriana goes, if I was in your place and the father of my boyfriend said no, I would be a little bit hurt. She goes... I'm not hurt by it because behind closed doors, everything's fine. But you know, it's what, how can you say that when you've not met the man? At at least in terms of like this relationship, like what? (laughs) Adriana says her confessional. Sometimes Larsa reminds me of a little kid that puts a bag over their head and thinks nobody sees them. (laughs) Honestly, Adriana, Adriana really clocked 
like Lisa or Larsa down this whole thing. Cause she also says she will try to deflect and say, Oh, this is not really happening. This is not really what's happening because I'm doing little Kardashian voice. <laughs> Adriana makes the Kardashian dick every chance she can get. Like it's a good dig. Adriana tells her, so did Marcus text him and say, Hey dad, like that was not cool. And Larsa goes, you know what? I think it was a shock at first when we pe- when people saw us together, my side, his side, and then they know we're happy with each other and you want your family to be happy. Oh my god. Answer a question. But also this is she says this verbatim anytime anyone asks about this. When it's not even really the question at hand. Also, she specifically says that she hasn't seen him since they've been together. So did you meet him when you and Scotty were together? I mean, I got to imagine. I would have to imagine. So, like, he's literally never seen you in the context of not being with Scotty Pippen. Of course not. And being then also with his son. Right. It's like... Like uh, that... I, 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 okay. Kiki just straight up says, you said Michael Jordan was okay with it, and now he's saying he's not okay with it. Like, what's going on? Like, who's lying? <laughs> like, Larsa's face is just like, shut the fuck up, Kiki. <laughs> shut the fuck up! <laughs> Larsa says her confessional, this is really embarrassing to me. If anyone should talk about Michael, it should be his son, not me. And honestly, it shouldn't, I shouldn't have to feel like I'm on trial with my friends. And then you realize how similar Larsa and Lisa are in that yeah. way, because she said the same thing. And then Larsa tells them, look, we need to stop talking about him. I don't want to talk about him. I'm like over him. Like meaning Michael Jordan. And I'm like, okay, so now it's not okay. Like what? It's fucking fascinating. And in the light of the news recently, it's like, wow, there's so much that she is not being honest about in this relationship. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So that was Miami for this week. Fantastic episode. Just like, and season finale next week. And it looks crazy. Larson Gertie getting into it. Wild shit as always. Um, really great stuff for Miami. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Vanderpump. We got Beverly Hills. We got Miami. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'm going to start with my top. Um, I'm going to actually give it to Alexia over on Miami. Ooh. Yeah. I, I just think she's had a great season. And I think like even when, not to say a perfect season in terms of like argument or anything like that. Right. That's, not, that's not how I define a perfect season. It's more just like if I find you to have made improvement in terms of entertainment. I think she had such a bad season last year. Yeah. And like, I think here she just seems lighter and funner in moments and is trying to make bonds i love the bond that she's forming with julia i think it's really interesting and like i when she's being shady it's in a smarter funnier like way that i just really love I, the, the stuff with Lars i thought was so funny this yeah. episode it, it was just had me cackling um so credit to alexia i think she did really really great this episode um my bottom for this week and it's uh, like i don't want to make it every week like well it's almost i think we talked about like we almost should do like a disclaimer of just like preemptively the bottom is sandoval like that's gonna be the case i feel this whole season um but it's sandoval this week just for all the reasons that we stated i just also it's egregious this week is particularly bad yeah I, I i like i said the amount of times i just recoiled at his like presence i just i haven't done i've never experienced that i think in the history of watching these shows the way i just like get like antsy 
yeah. watching him. I, th- I think some people have that with other people, but like for me, I've never had that. I've been able to like disassociate certain things, et cetera, but he just genuinely upsets me <laughs> like in a way that's just like really visceral, visceral and triggering. And I don't know why it is, but it's just like, he just, mm, just everything about his presence just feels really toxic and gross. And I just don't um, like it that much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it's, Still making for a good season, I feel, but just like, wow. Like, um, yeah, not the best. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Um, yeah, like you said, it's so easy to just go with Sandoval um, because he is awful. I'm not going to do that just to give some variety here for our lovely listeners. And I'm mm. going to go with Schwartz. <laughs> variety. The, the other. Variety. The other Tom. Um. The other nasty stink meat. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> look, like, I think Sandoval is just an awful, horrible person. And there's really no hope for him. I think what disappoints me the most about Schwartz is that there is a path. And yeah. he refuses to take it. And... You know, it's been years of this, you know. He's easily manipulated by uh, Sandoval because he lets himself be manipulated by Sandoval mm. because it's comfortable. Um, and at a certain point in your life, you have to stop letting people drive your life off a cliff. Yeah. And that's what he's letting Sandoval doing. Even though, and you know, recently he has started, you know, putting up a modicum of protest, but it's just, it's not enough. No. And like he, he has major apologies and changes in behavior that he needs to make. Um, and he, like Sandoval, just wants to sweep everything under the rug and act like nothing ever happened. And it's like, dude, you treated Katie like shit. And it's still not addressed. Over a decade. You were together for how long before this show started? Yeah. It's just, stop. Like, acknowledge the fact that you treated her like shit. Like, start there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if you could get Katie on your side, you could honestly get back into this group. But you won't put the feelings of your ex-wife over your want to be right. Yeah. And it's just... And you could. It's so easy. It's right fucking there and you just won't do it. And that's what pisses me off about him so much. Um, But on to... Bigger and better things, and that's going to be my top of the week, which is Sutton. Yay. I really think, and I mean, it's no surprise and no secret that we both are Suttons for Sutton. <laughs> um, like, we, we love us a Sutton. But I think what I really enjoyed about her this episode is that it really is, if because there is like the hint in the ether, right, that Kyle's done. Um, she And maybe she's just trying to, like, peak interest, and she does this all the time with the media. Who fucking knows? Yeah. But 
if she does end up leaving, Sutton could easily be a center diamond. Right. I think there is a, there's like a, there's almost like a contingency plan in place. Yeah. In I, honestly. Because this whole episode centered around Sutton mm-hmm. almost until the party at the end. But even then, she was the comedic relief. Like, the whole rest of the episode centered around her. Yeah. And we, and if I look back through the whole season, there's a lot of episodes like that. I'd say a good six, maybe. She hosted this cast trip. Like, it, she's got a resume. Right. She could easily be the face of this show. And I think she's got enough fan support um, and enough personality and enough, like, um, just easy to relate to story, right? That draws the viewer in and just really makes you love the bitch. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.